You're listening to Fan Holes, a podcast for Tauntauns and Twinks. <laughs> <laughs> Hey baby, what's going on? This is my microphone voice. <laughs> Where do you buy those at? I need one. But, but I was like, in my head, I'm like, I can totally Superboy Prime punch this so it makes sense, <laughs> you know? I have a headset, it looks way cool. You should all be jealous. I, uh, we are. I'm with Mike on that one. Grimlock, I told you to take care of things while I was gone. <laughs> we do a podcast? What the fuck? Lord Magneto, what do you want? You must come here to do what? I was just listening to the Flat Scan Humans Primitive Podcast, Fan Holes. You must hear what they have to say. Thank you, Cortez, but that can never be. But, but they discuss science fiction, fantasy, and pop culture. Surely we must listen to them. There will be no such fan holes. But, my lord, I have already started the download. I gave no such order. Then I renounce you. You renounce me? Fanholes is my lord now. Soon you will fade away into nothing. Why, Cortez? Why have you turned against your own kind? Vengeance! Vengeance for our lost podcast, Fanholes! Do not concern yourself. I shall survive it. Alright folks, welcome back once again to the Fan Holes Podcast. We are glad that you could join us once again for our rantings and ravings about pretty much pop culture in general. We have a big, giant table full of wonderful things to eat. Okay, one thing to eat, the rest to digest mentally. Ooh, pun. This week we got some cool stuff to talk about. Uh, we're going to be going over a couple interesting things. We're going to have the first ever Fan Holes Fast Food Taste Test. What will it be? What have your favorite fan holes digested? Well, you'll just have to wait and see. That's going to be our first topic, though, so you won't have too long. We're also going to go into our favorite TV sci-fi series that isn't started by Gene Roddenberry. Well, actually, just Star Trek, because actually Gene Roddenberry had a couple of shitty shows that kind of came out in the 90s or early 2000s, so that might be one of them. Who's ready for, what was it, Conflict Earth? Um... (laughs) Earth, Final Conflict. That one, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so annoying, I couldn't remember what it was. Movies, uh, great topic. Indiana Jones, this is like so many of our topics. It's so pop-culturally based. Everybody knows who Indiana Jones is. Whether you love the 80s or for some fucking reason like Harrison Ford fighting aliens when he's not Han Solo, we're going to talk about that. Get into it. Um <laughs> Just is like you don't like anything I like. <laughs> uh, might even might even delve into the uh, archaic realms of Young Indiana Jones Chronicles. Yeah. Woo! 
It was a good show, actually. Very good show. Um, finally, we're going to go someplace cold. First time we've gone someplace cold in a long time. I guess that kind of fits since it's winter now. Or winter in a week or two. Whatever. Um, Fear Itself. This has been a big Marvel cross over continuity thing uh, this year. Basically, what would happen if your neighbor was a dick and he got the hammer of Thor? Um, <laughs> in a nutshell, we will definitely talk more about that, though. Um, I cannot do this without the fan holes regulars, though. I will go ahead and say right now that Brian could not join us this week. Breakdown had some family obligations. As much as we do like having around, family does come first. Hope you're enjoying your time with your family, sir. We will hope to see you again on the show soon. But I think everybody else is here. But just in case I may be missing someone, I want to go ahead and give uh, everybody a chance to shout out. I am Tony Chainclaw. Hey, what's up? This is Derek, Derek WC. He crazy, lady! (laughs) Hey, it's Mike Thunderwing. And this is Grimlock. All right, cool, cool. It seems that we are all present and accounted for. Look, guys, we're still doing the show. We're just taking it in a new direction, that's yes, all. a delicious direction. At least we're like a burger trench. Now with three convenient locations. Um, We've been trying to do some new stuff on the podcast, just kind of stretch our legs a little bit, not just talk about pop culture, just give you a little insight in the lives of a normal fan hole. Um, by doing so, we've been branching out into possible new topics to talk about. This is one of my ideas, actually. <laughs> so if it sucks, feel free to send all your angry emails to <laughs> um, Fanhole's Fast Food Taste Test. We basically decided on one item that has come out or has been out for a little while. Luckily, there was a new item that came out recently that we decided to try. And we're just going to give pretty much our review, thoughts, reflections, comments, criticisms, on whether or not you should go try to eat this food or, dear God, I had the runs for a week. Um, <laughs> it is uh, Burger King has come out. Well, I don't know about come out, but they have switched to new fries. The old fries are gone. In case you missed this, as of this recording, by the time you hear this, it'll be a couple of months old. But uh, yesterday, they had a free fry sampling, I guess you would say. You get a free pack of fries. Go to your local Burger King, get some free fries. I took advantage of this. Some of my fan holes brethren had already tried them beforehand. Um, just going to kind of get some thoughts and feedback if this was a worthy purchase or a tasty purchase. I will go with Mike Thunderwing. What do you think of BK's new hand-cut fries or natural-cut fries, whatever the fuck they're called? They're okay. I mean, I'm not much of a, like, French fry connoisseur or anything, but, you know, they they pretty much tasted the same, you know. I didn't really notice that much of a difference, really. It just may be differently cut or differently shaped, I guess, but, you know, they they were good, you know. I, I, I'm, like, I, I'll eat French fries, but I need them, like, drenched in, like, ketchup or something. Like, I just don't eat them by themselves. So, you know, usually it's mostly the ketchup I taste anyway. So, you know, they're they're okay. Oh, okay, cool. Nothing wrong with that. What, what about you, Grimlock? What did uh, BK's fries do or not do for you? Um, They were pretty good, but kind of like Mike, I, I guess I'm guilty of overusing the ketchup uh, quite a bit, but I... I don't exactly drown them, but uh, I thought they were pretty good. I, th- I think they're a lot better than, like, uh, McDonald's french fries. Like, those 
Those yeah. seem to be like the the lower end. Not not that I'm a connoisseur either, but you know, I think I would put uh, Burger King up there with actually um, Long John Silver's because they've got actually pretty good French fries. If you ever had those, um, I have. I'm gonna go ahead and uh, go ahead of Derek just because I myself I consider myself a aspiring food guy because I actually do cook. I do work in a restaurant. Not a real restaurant, but it's still a restaurant. They cook shit, damn it. Um, <laughs> where are those double downs? And I tried them, and unlike you two guys, I, that's why I went ahead and jumped in. Is I am actually not a big fan of stuff on my fries. I don't go for the ketchup. I am not European. I don't use mayonnaise. And even when I do use a sauce, it's like a very little bit of mustard. I don't know. I'm weird. I know. I thought, I thought <laughs> so, you were about to say you're not European, so you didn't eat them with a fork. But... <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know you were going to go with the mayonnaise, but yeah, that's cool too. Yeah, it's, it's usually a big European thing. I could be wrong. Um, but yeah, I did uh, try to jump in and uh, just try them just for their fry goodness. I'm not really a connoisseur of fries either. I will get a hankering for them to get all southern for a minute. And I'll want like some fries with like a hot dog or a hamburger, you know, classic stuff. But yeah, I'm not really a big fry guy myself. But not bad. I am actually a big fan of the old fries BK had because they've gone through like new fries like every five years or some shit like that because for a long time a lot of people loved the McDonald's fries. They still love McDonald's fries. Those are, you know, despite what Grimlock says, and I agree with you, I don't think McDonald's fries are all that great. But a lot of people are like, McDonald's fries are the best. And I'm like, okay, whatever. But I tried the BK fries to get, like, again, a little bit foodie, I guess. They're crispy on the outside, which is good. I might have got a fresh batch. I know everybody's got the limp fries before and been like, oh, they taste like shit. But the ones I got were pretty crisp. Um, other than that, I have to agree with Grimlock, though. They taste more or less like Long John Silver's fries. They're, you know, okay. They're fries. But, yeah, as far as, like, all the natural cut hype and all that and, like, new fries, motherfuckers. Yeah, they're fries. You know, they're okay. <laughs> Try our new fries in 3D. <laughs> <laughs> they, they are thick. And, you know, they do have more dimension than they used to. <laughs> They're so dimensional. <laughs> uh, what about you, Derek? Were you impressed or just kind of? I think the last time I ate fries at Burger King, because I, I think you were talking about how they went through a couple different incarnations. So to me... It felt like they were thick versions of McDonald's fries, at least in terms of taste. Um, because I think the last time I ate Burger King fries, they were that vegetable oil made, you know, where they were trying to, yeah, I don't know, pass them healthy. off as like, these are these are healthy fries or some <laughs> shit, you know? Like, so I remember not... Thinking, <laughs> They're not drowned in oil. Okay, they are, but it's vegetable oil. <laughs> right, right, pretty much. Like, so I, I remember those fries and going, well... You know what? I, I can see, you know, your everyday consumer going, well, hey, these taste a hell of a lot better than the vegetable oil ones. Um, I think the Long John Silver comparison is apt because, man, they had a lot of fucking salt. I mean, I guess I just haven't been to like, you know, a fast food place in a while or whatever. But I was just like, shit, dude, if I was like one of the Winchester boys, I'd be like 
shielding myself with like buckets of fries and stuff because I'm like, ain't no ghost coming through these fucking French fries, you know? I throw a fucking fry at the, yeah. I, I'm like, what, what do I think of thick cut fries? I'm like, I'm gonna fuck up some ghosts with the thick cut fries. Like throw those thick cut fries at the fucking ghost and watch them like turn Bury into their body and fries. But um, just yeah, put them in a shotgun and blast were, them with the they ghost. They were they were extremely um salty to me. Um, but but I thought, you know, I thought it was interesting because it's like they definitely distinguished themselves, at least to me, from the older version. Like I was thinking of like the thinner vegetable oil fries. And I'm like, well, it's certainly not what I remember the old Burger King fries tasting like. So, I mean, in that sense, it's definitely different. Um, you know, I don't. I don't really like going to eat fast food that much, although for some reason I think this week I've been kind of busy, so I, I probably had some more of it than I should have. Um, but, you know, like you know, like you guys are saying, I don't know, for the most part I was like, yeah, they're, they're okay. I mean, it's like, but I don't, I don't think I'd go to Burger King on a regular basis. Like, I think now if I was going to get a fast food burger, I'd probably go to, like, Carl's Jr. or In-N-Out down here. So that's probably what I'd go for if I was going to do that kind of thing so on, on my coast I'll, I'll throw a shout out to sonic really great burgers big fan of those yeah um good shit um i will throw this out here to our fanals uh listeners if you'd like you can send us emails for uh future challenges for food i will go ahead and tell you this right now some of the fan holes do have some allergies or just have some issues with certain types of food so just because you send us something doesn't mean we're gonna fucking eat it um, <laughs> on the other hand, <laughs> just as like Jägermeister tacos, hell yeah. <laughs> that actually sounds pretty awesome. Um, yeah, I, I think that's a good idea because, cause I, I guess I'm not as in the loop with fast food, you know? So I'm like, you know, if, if people have suggestions or they're like, Hey, you should check out such and such, you know, I'd be willing to check out stuff, you know? So. Go ahead. Yeah, if, you, if you have an idea for something we should uh, we should eat, you know, let us know. Yeah, that'd be totally cool. Uh, like I said, we may not eat it, but if we do turn it down, be rest assured it's because we just think it's fucking disgusting, not because we hate you. Uh, <laughs> I hate uh, you. <laughs> you hate everything. Um, I hate you. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> you made me eat fries. You're the chosen one. They were they were thick cut fries. <laughs> there's that really funny uh, uh, on YouTube. There's like that really funny parody where they change like Obi Wan and Anakin's like whole argument to them arguing about which is better, like KFC or Burger King. <laughs> and it's like they they dubbed everything over and uh, not KFC and Burger King. It was like KFC and McDonald's and like Anakin's like. I see th- through the colonel's lies. I do not fear. Th- I do not fear the Big Mac as you do. <laughs> I, I have something to watch now when I get done. I think I remember uh, that though. I yeah, I'll have to files. find that again. But that, that always made me laugh. Wow. So so McDonald's is the dark side, and KFC is the Jedi Order. That's interesting. Colonel does wear white. Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. I guess Ronald McDonald is a fucking Sith Lord. He's like Darth Maul painted up. And like Anakin's like, uh, you got barbecue sauce on my good robe. And Obi-Wan's like, you have done that yourself. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like Anakin's all pissed off. You turned the Wendy's girl against me. <laughs> Jeez. Oh, Wendy's man. has pretty good burgers. Now that I think about it, yeah, yeah I yeah. like Wendy's. Yeah, 
Yeah, they actually have a new burger. I actually been trying to want to try. It's like called like the Wendy's Super Classic Ultra Mega Dark Mantis Burger or some shit like that. Oh, <laughs> does it come from Apocalypse? What kind of burger? <laughs> it's actually like Ed Asner's great goodness. Try the new Wendy's burger. It's, it's like try, got, it's, try the new Anti Life Burger. Yeah, I was gonna say that's some I can't do Anti Life in it. I can't talk that long. Fuck. Only uh, downside is you can't eat it if you have a level 12 intelligence. Oh, um, you're just too smart for it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, but yeah, Burger King's fries, I guess the uh, general <clears throat> consensus is not bad, just not really, not worth writing home about, I guess is the best way to put it. Eat them uh, if you on, want. On a similar note, like I was watching an episode of the Sentai Dingy Man today. Like one of the more funnier plots I've seen was um, the bad guys. They used a evil hamburgers that were ten cents and really cheap. And if you ate it, it made you see red and it made you all stupid and evil. So you know the big plot was to make all these kids eat hamburgers. (laughs) It was basically to make people eat these. Like hamburgers made out of slime, and it would make you sick. And they were they were going to use that to conquer the world. And the monster they fought was, you know, some kind of monster in a suit. And he had like ketchup and mustard containers on his chest. And he had like a giant hamburger head. And I just thought it was really he neat. was like Mr. Mayor McCheese, but evil or whatever. Mayor McCheese has gone bad. It kind of reminds me of the the supernatural episode that aired like just before the the winter break or whatever. Because it's like you know how Dean always goes in and he likes hamburgers or whatever. So like he. He eats like this, like it's like some kind of turkey burger or whatever it is. But it's like, oh man, this is great! And then they basically realize, like, you know, it basically like totally like, you know, drugs you up basically, and everybody's like all mellow and like, you know, hey dude, what's going on? It's like, it's like, hey, you know, your you know your wife is gonna die. Yeah, okay, that's great, man. That's great. You know, like like people just aren't phased once they start eating the burger and stuff. So. Like that kind of reminds me of that, and then like I guess like when 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 they, if if they don't finish the burger like because they actually took the burger away from Dean, it like turns into like this green pussy like whatever it was like some crazy <laughs> you know mystical mumbo jumbo because like the evil you know uh, whatever they are the Leviathan type guys are you know trying to you know I guess farm out those burgers to make a a, a docile populace to take over or whatever. You know, you've been watching TNT this week, too? <laughs> I've been watching that, too. I was off this week. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, Burger King fries. They're there is our amazing endorsement. The visitors are not our friends. They've come to rape our planet and kill us. They are not who they appear to be. Yeah, we're going to go ahead and skip along merrily to the next topic. This uh, actually should be a very interesting topic in a way because we have pontificated in the past at length on uh, Star Trek, which we're not going to do tonight. We're actually going to talk about our favorite sci-fi series that is not Star Trek. So basically, whatever is fair game, it could be a space opera or it could be something as non-starship involved as sliders, for example, or what have you. We're just basically going to go into that kind of realm of thinking. 
Uh, as I do play my favorite game of Fan Holes Roulette, I am going to jump to Derek this time to start us off. What is your favorite show that does not involve a five-year mission, sir? Um, well, for me, I, I think it's a pretty obvious choice, you know, when I saw the topic, and it's easy just to pick one, because for me, it'd be the, the television series or the miniseries that became a television series called The. Um, you know, they usually they call the miniseries, you know, the original miniseries, and then they had a sequel miniseries, V, The Final Battle, and then uh, eventually NBC turned it into, you know, a weekly television series that lasted for about a season. It's got about 19 episodes or whatever. Um, it was created by Kenneth Johnson, and, it, you know, it's basically kind of a parable, you know, analogy to, you know, uh, to, you know, Nazi Germany and it could happen here and you know it's got the aliens landing and you know they kind of ingratiate themselves in our society and you know everybody's like oh this is going to be the greatest thing ever but there's some <laughs> evil lurking underneath and you know even the the visitor symbol <laughs> <Literally>. <laughs> the, you know even the visitor symbol is kind of eerily you know, Nazi-esque in its shape and form and that kind of thing. And, you know, they've got a youth group where they kind of indoctrinate, you know, the, the young, uh, uh, you know, earth children and stuff like that. And um, anyway, I, when, you know, when I was a kid, I watched it and I, I got into the whole science fiction aspect to it. There's spaceships and dogfights and, you know, laser guns that I thought were cool. Uh, Mark Singer is the, the lead hero, Mike Donovan, and I always, you know, was kind of, Mike Donovan is kind of like, you know, basically, you know, the, the next step down from Luke Skywalker to me, you know, he was always a big <laughs> hero of mine. So it's like, you know, it's like maybe Luke Skywalker's a little higher on the echelon of my youth, but Mike Donovan is kind of right up there. Um, I actually got a chance to, to meet a lot of the cast, uh, you know, when I was living in Los Angeles and they had like some kind of V kind of convention and stuff. I got to see Kenneth Johnson speak. You know, I think he's a really, um, really awesome director and writer and stuff like that. I mean, you know, there's, you know, cool little things like how he wrote the original miniseries and iambic pentameter and stuff that I, you know, for me, I'm just like a kind of a theater geek so to me like that's like ooh, that's fucking awesome you know like just stupid shit like that that i think is awesome um but also um you know i think every time i've seen him you know like whether it's like him on you know alien nation dvds or the incredible hulk dvds or the different tv series that he's worked on you know he always seems like a really cool actor's director and stuff like that and i guess he he only really did the original miniseries and he had different plans for how how the, the, the series would have progressed if he had stayed with it. But, you know, it's kind of like everything else. I mean, yeah, the, the later miniseries probably wasn't, you know, a, as... Um, um, wasn't that like V, the final battle or something? Yeah, yeah. It, it probably wasn't as... as um, I, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, but just kind of it wasn't as as maybe authentic or or true to his original analogy. Maybe, you know, they, they kind of pumped up the action a little bit more and, and you know, left the um, you know, they, they left the, the parable part of it behind, I think, you know, and made it a little more obvious, I think, you know. But, I, you know, like I said, I was a kid. I enjoyed it. I, I even enjoyed the cheesy TV series. You know, you got the guy from uh, Star Trek Two who is Khan's uh, second in command. And he, you know, plays one of the visitors, you know, that's on the show. And you got Charles and Lydia. And, you know, it became more of a dynasty type show with angry 
alien lizards pretty much, you know, at that point where people were backstabbing people every other show and, you know, in the midst of a bunch of action and stuff. And then like, you know, even in, you know, if, if I guess if Kenneth Johnson had had his way, you know, Ham Tyler would have been a guy in a wheelchair. So I don't think we would have ended up with Michael Ironside. And I think he's him and Snake Eyes always stood out to me because I was like, oh, these are the badass dudes with Uzis, you know, and I always thought they were like really, really fucking cool and stuff like that. And, you know, so I, you know, I, I maybe it's too brief a time to talk about the whole thing. But, you know, I, I, I really enjoyed the series. It's definitely my favorite uh, science fiction show that's not Star Trek. And, um you know, I, I, I really uh, enjoyed meeting most of the, the cast that I did, you know, whether it was like David Packer was a really nice guy and um, he played Daniel. And, uh, you know, we got to meet Mark Singer and Jane Badler, who played Diana and stuff like that. And, um, you know, just, uh, um, do, do you, you think know. it holds up well to the reincarnation of it or was the reincarnation pretty meh? I, I, you know, what's funny about that is like, I guess I typically avoid remakes of movies, but I've been a little lax in terms of, of, I guess, television series here and there. So like I, I watched both seasons of that V remake. Um, I, I can't say I was overly like enthusiastic, you know, I, I kind of thought it was one of those science fiction shows that was made in the vein of the Battlestar Galactica remake. And I guess what I mean by that is that, you know, it, it, it was a drama. <laughs> I, I think it's one of those things where it was like a drama disguised as science fiction, and then and then it, it, to to call in other science fiction shows. You know, it, it also had that sanctuary aspect where it's like pretty much every fucking alien scene was shot in a green screen. You know, so you're yeah. like, you know, basically you knew they weren't in any place real, tangible, or solid. You know, and that kind of. I mean, you know, sometimes it's kind of cool to to be able to get away with stuff like that. But after a while, you know, you, you kind of have a sense of there's nothing solid in reality there. You know, it's like every time they were on the spaceship, it wasn't a real spaceship. Whereas, you know, the older show, you know, they had some corridors and, yeah, they had to use some, you know, matte paintings and different things like that. But, um, you know, I, I think I think had they kept going with the Battlestar Galactica route because they had you know, Jane Badler on the show, um, you know, and then eventually like by the, the, I guess the second season finale, they actually had Mark Singer show up, you know, and not as the same characters, but kind of like that Battlestar Galactica remake, you know, they kind of, uh, you know, brought old cast members back as different significant characters in the, you know, the new interpretation. I think that would have been cool and would have gotten me a little more hyped for it, you know, because I think I think I was a more hyped by you know Mark Singer showing up at the end when then you know he found out it was canceled or whatever. But I mean, other than that, I just kind of liked looking at like Supergirl in her underwear the whole time. So that was like my main <laughs> yeah, say, like, I remember, like, that the, show. Uh, all the teasers were like, "Look, it's Jolene Blaylock, and she's hot." <laughs> you know, so I was just kind of like uh, it was like Laura Vander, whatever her name is, but I think you it's know, Vander Snoot, isn't it? Vander. <laughs> no something i don't know but she's she's you know she's really really pretty and uh you know so i you know i can't say that was any uh any stress or skin off my back for that part of it but um you know as far as the actual plot goes it was just i don't know it seemed like it was kind of 
a little all over the place. I wasn't that into the 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 group of characters. Although I did think it was interesting that that the the character they had as the father um, was kind of a you know he's kind of like a young younger I guess you know uh, quote unquote hipper priest or whatever because I always remember reading. Kenneth Johnson's interpretation of what he would have done in V, the final battle. And one of those things was, you know, there's a character in the final battle miniseries named Father Donovan. And he's played kind of like by an older Wilford Brimley type guy who's like, I'm the father. And, you know, kind of, I guess, maybe what your typical, you know, Hollywood interpretation of that kind of, you know, revered elder figure would be. Um, you know, and it's no attack on the actor or anything, but it just was like, oh, Kenneth Johnson wasn't going to do that. He was going to do this hip, edgy thing where he was a young, sexy priest who, you know, had feelings and was badass and whatever. And to me, I was like, oh, well, it seemed like somebody must have read that interview somewhere because the priest in, in the reinterpretation was definitely more along those lines than, you know, than, than in the, I guess quote-unquote, you know, original, you know, sequel miniseries or whatever. But yeah, so anyway, I just, I don't want to take up all the time talking about V, but yeah, I do like it, and I think it kicks ass. Yes, you do. You want to talk about V all night. No, I'm kidding. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's awesome. But the, the I, I, remake, the remake, you know, is, you know, not my thing, but I did, I did sort of suffer through it and watch all, all the two seasons of it. I, I do remember not being a big fan of the uh, TV show as a kid. But I will say one thing, and it still kind of sticks in my head to this day, and I think it actually got maybe awards for it. I can't remember. This, this is in the 80s, like you said. But the actual original miniseries had some really good special effects for a fucking TV show. Well, it was it was John Dykstra who did some of the stuff. So it's like the same guy who did stuff for Battlestar Galactica and Star, you know, the original A New Hope. But, you know, I'm just going to fucking call it Star Wars, you fucking prick. <laughs> but <laughs> Star Wars. Um and, um, you know, yeah, so, so like the, those effects were, were, you know, for the time were pretty. Oh yeah. Yeah. They're dated pretty, now, but for, but for back then, yeah, they were really good. Um, I, I have a feeling that if we remove Derek's face, we will find he is in fact a lizard man. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 uh, and I can't stand all you Thundercats for how <laughs> treated me over the years. Either. Uh, speciesism. <laughs> yeah. I will, I will say one thing, uh, aside the really good special effects, the first time they showed, like, the lizard face and all that, that was pretty fucking creepy. Yeah, and it was a good, you know, I, I think that's what's interesting about it, because I think, I think a lot of those key note moments in the original miniseries, like, I, I, I you know, maybe because, you know, you, you, it's a remake and you know what's coming, but, like, in the newer series, like, I don't... I don't remember feeling exactly the same way where, you know, when Mike Donovan finally like rips off the, you know, and you're kind of like, holy fuck, look at this dude. Like, you know, but I guess, I guess, you know, to people now that are used to CGI and all that stuff, they just laugh and go, ah, ha, ha, he's wearing a plastic mask. That's so hokey. But to me, you know, I, I thought it was, uh, you know, a cool ass, you know, key moment where they really sold, you know, with the lighting and all that kind of stuff, like how, you know, how cool it was. So. Yeah, I've, I've always been a fan of practical effects. I think they just, you know, I don't. They speak to me. I'm, I'm, I'm an old school guy. I don't know. CGI looks good, but yeah, sometimes you just want to see that shit for real. <clears throat> um, but yeah, yeah, V actually is is 
very much a cult favorite. There's a lot of people who really like it. So yeah, totally check that out. I I think they're available on DVD. I will go to you yeah. on that. Direction. Yeah, yeah, they're they're all even even the remake stuff is all available on DVD. But the the original miniseries, the final battle, and then the series are all it's all uh, Warner Brothers owned. So they they released all that stuff on DVD and stuff like that. And cool, uh, cool. Yeah. Well, check it out. Um, I want to go to, like I said, since I started with Mike last time, and I did start with Derek, I want to go to Justin. What is your favorite either space cowboy space opera or maybe more homegrown kind of fucked up sci-fi? Well, I went with Babylon 5. That's probably my my favorite non-Star Trek science fiction series. And it's something that I would watch occasionally with my uncle, but, you know, it it's like I said on a previous show. It's like it's one of those shows where if you don't watch every episode, you have no idea what's going on. So, you know, I would I would catch like an episode in season one, and then I'd see an episode in season two or something. I would have no idea what was going on. You know, like season two, they got a new captain. Um, I was about to say they had kind of a rotating cast on that show, didn't they? Yeah, you know, sometimes characters would get killed off or. They would just get you know reassigned or written out or what have you. But uh, um, I remember when I got into it, I started watching season one when it you know it started on TNT because TNT got the rights and they were producing some of the TV movies in the fifth season. So I started from episode one, and the first season, if you've ever watched it, it's really slow. It takes a long time to build up, so you're just like, well, you know, why am I watching this? This isn't all that good. But then in season two, they bring in Bruce uh, Boxleitner as Captain Sheridan, and that's Woo. that's where the season, or, <laughs> yeah, that, that's when the series really starts to take off. And then some of the storylines come together, like um, the Shadow War that gets more involved, and the uh, uh, Londo and Jakar end up going at it. You know, their their species they go to war with with, with each other, so they're you know at each other's throats. Um, and then after that, you know, they kind of – after the Shadow War ends, you know, uh, everybody thinks Sheridan's dead, and then he comes back, and they have a big civil war. And then the fifth season is just kind of like – like an epilogue. They're like tying up loose ends and you know, showing you stuff that might happen in the future or stuff that they have alluded to you know, in the first season, and you're kind of seeing the payoff. So it's it's a very, you know, I guess kind of operatic thing, and um, – uh, J. Michael Straczynski wrote like I think he wrote like ninety something episodes out of all five seasons. So he he uh, he was a trooper. He he actually wrote like most of season three and four, like all the way through. So that that's quite a bit of dedication. I can remember reading an interview with him, and I think it was uh, Comic Buyer's Guy where he talked about he pretty much just chained himself to a typewriter. And was writing constantly, and you know, he's his wife was like, "I never see you. Where are you?" <laughs> he was like, "Ah, oh, he's like saying he nearly killed himself just writing scripts constantly." I, I think a lot of his work on Babylon Five, like he was already a pretty well-known writer. I mean, he wasn't like some you know fucking obscure dude back then. But I think a lot of his work on Babylon Five is pretty much led, what led into his comics work, right? Yeah, I mean, before Babylon Five, he was writing like He Man. Ghostbusters. He wrote like ten or twelve episodes of the '80s Twilight Zone. So you know he, you know he was pretty well known at least in the science fiction genre. He was a pretty well known writer. Yeah, I, I think I could be wrong. But I think his like first comic work was Rising Stars, wasn't it? Yeah, I think that's yeah. what I remember. Yeah, it was pretty good. 
Um, I was going to ask you, actually, Justice, since you're a bigger fan than I am, I will admit I'm not a huge Babylon 5 fan. Do you think that the quality actually, like, especially like budget-wise, did it actually upgrade when it went to TNT? Because I know it was syndicated for like the first two seasons or first season. The first four seasons were actually syndicated. Wow. I believe. But okay. Um, you know, it, it's one of those things where it's like you, I guess it's kind of dated by those early CGI effects. Like, you know, if if you were to show, yeah, it was it was all CGI, right? Yeah, all, all the you know special effects were mostly CGI. So I'm sure if you were to show it to somebody a lot younger than we are, they would just be like, oh, this is lame, it's really goofy looking, but, you know, it it, it never bothered me when I was originally watching it. It doesn't bother me now. It's just, I don't know, I guess I'm just used to watching things with goofy special effects, but there, uh, there was a bit of a budget increase. You can definitely tell it in some of those made-for-TV movies, like some of those have really good special effects. I think that's what, what kind of turned me off of it originally, because I, I think I tried to catch, like, the first season... And I'm, you know, I'm a pretty big sci-fi fan. I like, you know, something good, which is not saying it's bad. <clears throat> but I remember the first season especially was very guilty of, like, when they had the space battles, a lot of the explosions had that kind of shatter effect, you know? Yeah, yeah, there, there was a lot of that. Yeah, and I just was not a fan. I was like, oh, it exploded, and that ship was made of glass, I guess. <laughs> you know? but one of the things that kind of drew me to it, too, was the fact that it had a lot of, like, reoccurring you know, genre actors like Bill Mummy as Lanier and, you know, uh, Chekhov as the evil psychor cop Bester. I mean, he, yeah. he he's like the complete opposite of Chekhov. He's just, you know, just so he evil. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I know, I know that thing they were pretty fond of. <clears throat> it was kind of like, uh, actually, I can't remember if there's another show that did this. They were actually really fond of, like, <clears throat> using real space. Like uh, space concepts, like there wasn't any sound in space, wasn't that it? And like you know, the the starships, they would use thrust and whatnot. They wouldn't be like you know the X-wing starfighters. They actually had to like you know, if they turned around, they had to fire the rockets to turn around and stuff. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like some of the, uh, I guess the Earth Alliance ships, like they use the principle of they had to have like a rotating center to it so a lot of the earth ships are like these giant you know weird looking ships and they've got like this little rotating cylinder like that's how they use the gravity yeah i, I always i at least appreciated that because <clears throat> they they, they kind of went with the idea that like yeah we're in the future and we're advanced but jesus christ we don't have like mystical special flying special ship <laughs> you know yeah like, and they go uh, crazy with it I guess another thing that always impressed me was that you know Straczynski managed to get Harlan Ellison on board. Like he was a like uh, executive producer, creative consultant, and you know, he he's like the angriest man in science fiction. You know, I remember <laughs> when the Sci-Fi Channel first started, he he had like it wasn't really his own show. It was like he was like he had a segment on some early Sci-Fi Channel show, and he was always ranting about something. You know, if if you know anything about Harlan Ellison, he's He's always ranting and raving and you know, threatening to sue people about stealing his ideas and things. Well, yeah. it seems like they do make a habit of it. Yeah, like with uh, <laughs> James Cameron or something. Or like uh, I, I just keep thinking about all the stuff about uh, uh, Bill Bill Mantlo, you know, the Hulk writer and stuff. Because when I was mm. doing the uh, the history of comics on film thing, it was like, well, the first thing I read was how they were talking about how 
you know, they had the idea for the child abuse, you know, thing for, for the Hulk. And that was like apparently a Barry Windsor Smith thing that they filed away. But somehow magically Bill wrote the story about it, you know. So you're like, you're already kind of like, well, that's kind of shady, you know. And then uh, there, there was another funny story about, I think it's like Hulk 141, where basically it's like there's like a future world where, you know, it's basically to 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 a kid of the '80s, it sounds like the Terminator, but it's really based on that that Harlan Ellison short story where you know there's a guy in the future and basically you know he's like you know the the Kyle Reese type character you know and he's like you know in a war torn future or whatever, but then you know basically he comes back in time you know and ends up fighting with the Hulk, but then you find out like yeah I think the 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 twist, the Marvel twist to that story is, you know, he comes from like a Kang, you know, dystopia future or whatever, where, you know, everybody, you know, has to fight each other because Kang, you know, messed up the future or something like that. But I mean, other than that, it was pretty much very similar to that. I, I don't even know what the title of the story is, but that one Harlan um, Ellison short story that it's the same one that James Cameron got in trouble over. Yeah, it's, it's a demon with a glass hand. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah, yeah. They it's, made it's it, an it, Outer Limits episode, right? Yeah, that's that's probably my favorite episode of the Outer Limits section. Yeah. That's a great episode. Cool, cool. Um, as I went to Derek uh, beforehand, um, on Babylon 5, I'm not quite as aware. Are they available on DVD or... I know it's definitely yeah. not syndicated anymore. It's not on TV. Yeah, I know they're on DVD. Are those, are those TV movies on DVD too? They are, but you have to get them in one big box set. Oh, okay, so they have like all the TV movies in one set. Yeah, that's pretty cool, I guess. I mean, at least you get them all, right? Yeah, and there's also a separate little DVD. They came out with kind of a one-shot thing in 2007 called uh, Lost Tales or something, and it was supposed to lead to a a series of like straight to DVD like mini episodes. Okay, but apparently, like Straczynski wasn't happy with the special effects or the writing or something so they they only did one of those because one one story focuses on captain lockley from the fifth season of the show okay Okay. then the next story is sheridan and then he said they were going to do a story with garibaldi and you know something else but they ended up canceling it for whatever reason no more no more cat grant no more tracy scroggins on uh, (laughs) dvd sadly no Life is like a I remember like Howard Howard Stern was Babylon. Like, <laughs> like I remember Howard Stern was like in love with her when she was on like Lois and Clark. Like it was kind of funny listening to him because he was like, "Forget about that Terry Hatcher. I want this. Who's this girl? This Scroggins girl. She's hot, <laughs> you know." But what a Scrog Scroggins. <laughs> I was kind of like, I don't know what crack Howard's on. I, I I'd take Terry Hatcher any day of the week, but whatever. But you know. Yeah. That's nice, <laughs> nice, nicely, nicely wooded. So, um, yeah, I like I said, I'm not gonna lie. I've never been a really big fan of Babylon Five, but it's not because I thought it was horrible or I didn't appreciate it. I just never got into it. It's one of those things. Um, however, I do know a lot of people like Justin who are totally into it. Think it's a really good show. So, I could definitely give it a uh, fellow recommendation just because. Um, it has got a lot of good buzz. A lot of people do like it. A lot of people are pretty diehard fans of it. So, yeah, totally check it out uh, on DVD. I'm probably going to say a show that people – I'm going to go ahead and go next. I'm probably going to say a show that people wouldn't expect me to say, but I find myself watching it a lot. It'll, it's not something I actually seek out, but as far as a show that is not Star Trek that I really enjoy, 
I'm going to go with Stargate SG-1. <laughs> um, it's got fucking MacGyver in space. It's got, you know, <laughs> I mean, really, it's it's got the, the, the big black dude who kicks ass. You know, he's basically Clubber Lang in space. Um, you know, it's got Amanda Tapping, who's, you know, when she was blonde, and to me, honestly, a little bit hotter than she when she was in the sanctuary. I don't know, the, the brown hair doesn't do anything for me. <laughs> you know, it's, it's got Daniel Fuckwad Jackson, who, depending on the episode, is a complete twat or is actually useful. <laughs> and I don't know. It, it's it's one of those shows that, like, like I said, I'm not religious about it. I don't like, you know, ooh, is SG-1 reruns on? You know, kind of watch it, kind of watch it. But for some reason, if I'm flipping through the channel and I catch the beginning of it, because you, you have to catch the beginning of an episode or you're, you are lost. It's not as continuity-bound as Babylon. <clears throat> but the the episode itself, you have to know what's going on in the beginning, or you're just going to be like, eh? <laughs> but yeah, SG One is really good. I mean, especially a lot of the like earlier slash to middle season episodes. Later on, when it became Stargate Farscape, I don't know. Um, so it's funny because uh-huh. for me, for me, for me, that's when it's like I know my dad liked watching uh, Stargate SG One, and uh, one of my good buddies, Keith, he loved Stargate SG One. And so, like, I, like, kind of like, I guess what you're saying, it wasn't a religious thing where I watched it all the time, but I knew of the TV series, and it's not like I was a novice if I should happen to watch an episode. But the only time I started watching it religiously was when the Farscape people came on. Because I, you know, that, that what's funny is if, if it wasn't V, you know, like, if I didn't love V so much, like, Farscape would be probably... The, the next thing on my list so you know it's like i love farscape to death and like that you know w- once those guys appeared on the show i'm like oh dude it's ben browder like he's awesome you know and it's like i don't know that he got the chance to be that awesome on sg1 per se but i still was was there for you know I, for all those I think episodes it was just the, 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 the how like sweeping the change was. It wasn't that like, oh no, they killed Colonel O'Neill, or oh no, Amanda Tapping is doing other shit, so she can only be on a couple episodes a season. It was just, like like I said, it was just a giant switch. It was just like, okay, mm-hmm. Ben Browder's here, and I forgot her name, but the chick who played the, the chick on Farscape, and it was just like, I don't hate them. Claudia, like, Claudia Black. Claudia Black. I don't, yeah, I don't think that it was a bad thing. I don't even think it was a jumping the shark thing. It was just, it, it I mean... Not to sound like a you know fanboy, which I will, which is it's okay, but it really did reek of we got one more season, we already put money in this episode, so we're just gonna do what we can with it, and it wasn't bad. I mean, they could have done a lot worse. You know, I I was tempted to pick SG One because I I really love it too, but when they announced that the you know the next season, Colonel O'Neill. Uh, wasn't going to be on it as much. I was like, uh, maybe it's time to stop following Stargate. You know, it's been on for like eight or nine years. Maybe it's time to quit. But I ended up watching the that two-parter where they, those characters came on, Ben Browder and Claudia Black. And I really liked it. Like, I really liked those last two seasons with Ben Browder and Claudia Black. You know, to me, um, the character of Vala, she's basically Spike. For SG One, you know, she's that character who will do or say anything she doesn't care. So I, I really enjoyed her, and I liked all of her interactions with Daniel Jackson. You know, teasing him, you know, and, and all that. I thought that was a lot of fun. I always forget her name on Farscape. I watched Farscape, but I just don't remember it as well. 
but I will say one thing: her her character on Stargate was totally different from the one on uh, Firestar. Yeah, well, yeah, well she's, she's, she's a peacekeeper and like all kind of militaristic kind of agent. Her name on on Farscape is Aaron Sun. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, the the you know it's like they oh, no, this, Stargate. This, she was like whoring it up and just doing well, her yeah, she this could. Yeah. Gave, gave her a chance to kind of stretch her legs a little bit, I think. Whereas maybe maybe Ben Browder, you know, got to be the lead on Farscape, and he was kind of like, you know, he did get a lot of cool lines and geek references and you know, all that kind of stuff on, on Farscape. But whereas, you know, he, he was a little more, I guess, the character, uh, what's his name? The the colonel on oh, the Stargate or whatever. Like, he that character was a little more straight-laced, I thought. So He had to be, uh, he had to be the good guy. Which, like I said, I, I, I really don't blame those guys. I mean, I, I guess I just liked it because those two seasons kind of shifted. It went from more of, you know, you had like eight years of basically just gold constantly. And I'm like, man, can't you get rid of say, these guys? What was, what was the name of the, yeah. the bad guys? And then the, the, the Ori. Yeah, and then yeah. they went to the Ori, which was more of a, you know, kind of like there was a lot of like King Arthur mythos in there, and a lot of like religion stuff. And I really dug yeah. that. I thought that was very interesting. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it was badly done at all. Like I said, I'm not I'm not hating on it. It just, yeah, again, like you know, kind of like Babylon, kind of like B. I just wasn't as into it as much. Uh, and again, I I will kind of, I guess I would say, go to the Jack O'Neill man crush. He was just so badass in so many episodes. Well, I guess I guess for some yeah. people, like the same way, like Mike talks about, you know, Buffy season six being that kind of jump the shark point, probably for. For a lot of Stargate fans, it's like once it switched over to, you know, the Farscape cast members coming on board, maybe to some people like that, they're kind of like, oh, now I kind of jumped the shark or whatever. But, you know, it's, it, it is a, a exceptionally long running science fiction television series. So there's no denying its longevity and, and uh, life and everything. You know, me, I like to make fun of the fact that every, you know, alien dimension they go to looks like fucking Canada. But I mean, but other than that, like, I, I, you know, I enjoy watching the show. There's some things where, you know, people are like, oh, the replicators are basically the fucking Borg and, the, you know, different criticisms like that. But, you know, I, I enjoy watching the show and I enjoyed watching like some of the spinoffs like Atlantis and, um, in the universe, I, I at least give like Stargate that. like a lot of credit on giving some of my favorite sci-fi actors more longevity, like uh, Jewel State and uh, Robert Bricardo. You know, they allowed them to have other series just besides the one that they were most known for. So yeah, I was totally happy about that, and and the Farscape guys too. You know, yeah, yeah, that that's always a cool thing. <clears throat> I never got into Atlantis as much. Stargate Universe. To me, and I may sound like someone we know, but this is just an honest opinion, kind of sucked ass. Um, <laughs> but uh, the original Stargate was, yeah, always really good. I mean, and and for our fan holes listeners who are horny fanboys who can't get a date, and if you are, I feel bad for you. First couple of, uh, like the first two seasons, I think, on Showtime, or first three seasons, Titties a Plenty. It was on cable and like a premium <laughs> channel. So if you want to hear some cussing and some random goa'uld boobies, go ahead for that. Um, <laughs> I think it's like the first two seasons, but uh, I always found that funny. I'd watch older like DVDs and stuff and be like, yeah, I want to watch this. My friend would bring some stuff over. He's like, watch Stargate. I'm like, yeah, I don't hate it. I'll watch it. Let me watch Stargate. And I'm watching like Jack O'Neill and stuff. And I'm like, I just saw alien boob like just go by for some reason. <laughs> I used to watch it on sci-fi, <laughs> but 
But uh, yeah, Stargate, one one good thing about it, it is available on DVD. I do know that for a fact. But again, it was a sci-fi uh, channel mainstay for years, and they replay the fuck out of it. You can usually catch it on late at night. They usually show at least one episode uh, on their late night rotation. So yeah, check it out. Stargate's pretty good stuff. I enjoy it highly. If nothing, if nothing else, like I said, Jack O'Neill, MacGyver in space. So, um, <clears throat> Last but certainly, certainly not least, we're going to go to our good friend, Thunderwing. Mike, what's your favorite sci-fi show that, again, does not involve Vulcans or any kind of weird Pon Far shit? <laughs> uh, um, you guys mentioned, like, X-Files and Sliders. Like, I used to watch those, but they didn't really stick with me, and they're not, like, shows I'd, like, go out of my way to, like, collect on DVD or anything. So I picked... Uh, this show's kind of got a lot of... is more of, like, a comedy show, but, like, it's got decidedly sci-fi elements to it. And uh, my pick is Red Dwarf. And I know I knew if, you were going to say that as soon as yeah. you said comedy. <laughs> yeah, I knew I knew if Brian was here, he'd have my back on this too. But uh, I love Red Dwarf. Uh, it's like a dysfunctional, like sort of like Star Trek almost, but like it's only like a very small cast, and they're all stranded on a like a abandoned space station. And then in later seasons, like they lose Red Dwarf, and they they just they only have like Starbug, like the little shuttle to be on, and it's it's like a lot of like. Uh, situational comedy like in space and stuff and there's a lot of like you know they take premises like you like a normal premise you'd see in a like a star trek episode usually and make it into a comedy thing and i don't know there's like i don't know it's just really funny and uh they did like they did like aliens one episode right yeah, they, like they've got like yeah, like the face hugger type things, and then they've got like you know time travel a lot, and just a whole load of different things. Uh, I got to say my favorite episode, and I think it was the very first one that I watched actually, uh, where they find this planet where it used to be a humongous like historical theme park of like notable people from Earth history, and like they're all droids. And uh, all the worst people in history and all the best people from history have this giant war on this planet. <laughs> so, like, they go to the good side, and uh, it's like the good side is like Albert Einstein, Elvis, uh, Pythagoras. Yeah, Marilyn Monroe, uh, <laughs> Mother Teresa, uh, Santa Claus, and like, <laughs> like when they see Santa Claus, they're like, "What's he doing here?" And he was like, "He was posted from the fiction department," you know. <laughs> but and then like the bad side is like Hitler, Mussolini, yeah. like Al Capone, and like all these. But it's it's really funny because like uh, Rimmer, who is basically like you know the scumbag of the show pretty much like he decides to like mold them in the good guys into an army because they're all like a bunch of like like pacifists and poets mostly except for elvis elvis is always like oh, oh, oh and like Karen carrying a machine yeah he's carrying like a machine gun all the time <laughs> but uh it's, it's funny like uh Crichton's like uh Crichton, for those who have not watched Red Dwarf, Crichton's kind of like Data, more or less, except, you know, like he's sort of like a mother hen type robot where he's always fussing over the others and, and he's like, I don't know, he's really funny, but he's like, like shown. You're, you're, you're nothing but a smoothie! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a smoothie! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I had you. 
No, it's okay. I, but I, I love when he's showing like Rimmer, like that he's inspecting the troops pretty much, and like he's like uh, he comes up to Mahatma Gandhi, and he's like, "Who the hell is this?" And he's like, "This is Mahatma Gandhi, sir." And he's like, "Well, get him out of that damn nappy and into a uniform. <laughs> Have you no pride, soldier?" And like Gandhi's just like smiling at him, and he's like, "Get down and give me fifty now!" And like Gandhi like gets down like really slowly and decrepitly and starts doing push-ups. <laughs> and like like later. When like uh, Lister and the cat like come and like they they like uh, Lister goes to Rimmer is like what's going on here what have you done Rimmer like I just saw Mahatma Gandhi engaged in hand to hand combat with the nun out there and and Rimmer's like uh, uh, that's no nun Listy that's Lieutenant Colonel Mother Teresa she's a soldier now <laughs> but, I know that that was such a great episode but there's there's a ton of other good episodes in that vein there's the one where they like try they go back and accident accidentally uh, prevent the Kennedy assassination and that somehow like completely ruins the future so and then they like eventually have to pluck uh Kennedy from an alternate reality to get him to assassinate himself and <laughs> hmm. and it, it's like it turns out like Kennedy is the one on the grassy knoll who shot himself. But, <laughs> but yeah, see, yeah. I, I, I've never watched any of this show before. But what you're saying sounds really interesting. Yeah, it has a lot of great premises like that. And like there's this other one where they go to the space station where there's this robot droid called Legion, and he just takes on all like the aspects of people near him, so he becomes like a fusion of the four main characters, and like whatever, yeah, whatever he does to himself, like they feel his pain. So he's like, if any, if there's any more back talk, the scalpel lands here, and he points it at his, he points it at his nuts, and like Crichton's like, that kind of tough talk doesn't scare us, and the rest of them goes, yes, it does. <laughs> uh, I was going to ask you, Mike, um, since we all we we kind of hit on it. Uh, Derek was talking about uh, final battle, and uh, I, I remarked on uh, Farscape. Do you think? Uh, I, I am rather acquainted with Red Dwarf. Do you think they jumped a shark when either A, Rimmer left the show for a little while, or when they brought Kachansky in to uh, replace him? They're not as good, but I, I, there's still a lot of funny episodes like after that. like, And then the season after that, they went back to Red Dwarf, and they were like criminals for a while. Like they, I don't, It got really complicated after a while. They're like, Red Dwarf got rebuilt or something by like the nanobots, and like it restored everyone on the crew who died. And then they, they, they were, I, I forgot, like they got... They were criminals because they stole. They, I guess they thought that they stole Starbug, and that was like the in jail season. But mm-hmm. yeah, I, I, there's still good stuff in those seasons. But um, yeah, you're right. They they weren't as good as they were like in the you know, uh, I should say like uh, series to use the British term. Uh, like ser- series, I guess four through like seven were the best ones, and then like eventually yeah they started to towards the end they started to get a little uh not as good and i i didn't even like the first couple seasons like not as like there were good points but like it took a while i think until they added like Crichton to the cast it didn't really take off until then i I still like though like when uh just just again for people who may not know about the show because it is a bbc show so you may not have seen it um Lister is a guy who's a pretty much fuck up and he gets put into cryostasis because he brings a cat on board, which is 
a big no-no on the mining ship that they're on. It's a big space mining ship. So he gets put in cryostasis, and the ship fucks up, and there's a big radioactive leak. He gets awakened like millions of years later. <clears throat> so he comes out of the uh, cryostasis, and the only person on there at the time is uh, Holly, which is short for the hologrammatic computer that runs the ship. And he's just walking around. He's like, so what you're saying is everybody's dead. Yes, Dave. Blah, 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 blah. Yes, Dave, they're dead. Blah, 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 too. Yes, Dave, they're dead. Blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah as well. Dave, they're dead. All dead, Dave, Dave, they're dead. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Holly's great, yeah. Yeah. It is a really good show. I do know for a fact that those are available on DVD. Um... I will say one thing. I don't know if you agree, Mike. Kind of pricey because they are BBC shows. Yeah, they they were definitely pricey. I mean, I I think I asked for a lot of them for like a certain Christmas or birthday present. I know, and my mom was like, uh, "Wow, these were really expensive. I had to order them online and whatever." And I was like, "Yeah." So I don't know if they're they've released them cheaper, like or on Blu-ray since then or what. But yeah, there are there are a lot on uh, YouTube if you want to check them out there. But I will admit, quality's not as good, and also a lot of people upload them have to chop them up because they don't have the whole director status, so you don't get like a full episode. You have to kind of well, watch. It looks like now. Uh... The there's a complete collection that is only seventy seven dollars and forty nine cents on Amazon, but take into account that like on buy dot com, well no 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 that on yeah. buy dot com that same set is two hundred twelve dollars. <laughs> Damn, you know what I mean? So like like that's pretty good. Yeah, obviously that's a pretty good sale. And then uh, you were talking about Blu-ray. It looks like, I think this is, maybe it's the first season or a movie or something. There's something called Back to Earth that's on Blu-ray. That is, that is the most recent one. That came out like a year or so ago, and it was yeah, kind of like a reunion. Okay, yeah. well, that that's the one that looks like it's on Blu-ray. But it looks like it looks like this complete collection thing is, uh, it looks pretty comprehensive to me. Like, uh, it's got all the eight series or whatever. And uh, it looks like right now, probably because of the holidays or something, they want to move them. And it looks like it's uh, 78 bucks. So. That's pretty good then, so, yeah. Because yeah. really each DVD set was like between 20 and like 30 bucks. I know that. It, it seems yeah. like any kind of like British TV show you find on DVD is ungodly expensive. Like that's the thing that keeps me from buying Doctor Who DVDs. Because oh, like yeah. those are you'll you'll get like you know 13 episodes for a series. Uh, it's going to be 80 or $70. I'm like, oh, really? Uh, you can keep that. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> well, it reminds I love me Doctor of Who, like, but not that much. It kind of reminds me of how anime used to be, where you'd have to get, like, yeah. three episodes for twenty nine ninety five or whatever it is. You know, it's it's all the licensing and import fees, I guess, to release it, you know, on uh, on these shores, you know, so. Yeah. I, I will say one thing. I don't know if Mike will agree with me, because I could be wrong on this. I am not a huge BBC Oh, file. I don't know if you are or not, Mike. But like, as far as I know, long, uh, Red Dwarf is also credited for being a really long-running show too. Yeah, I will not like episode-wise, but like you know, year-wise, like because each you know series is like you know, like Justin said, each series is like really short, like six between six and ten episodes a piece. So technically, when it says you get all eight seasons there, you're only getting like you know fifty something episodes, maybe. But yeah, yeah, but yeah, it, it is. You get like you get like eight episodes for a whole year. 
Yeah, exactly, yeah. So it is, it's long-running, but only in terms of years, not episodes, yeah. And they're supposed to do a new season, too, like next year, they said. Like, that, that TV movie you just mentioned, uh, Back to Earth, I guess that kind of revived it a bit. So they, they're supposed to be filming a new season, I know that. But Cool. Um, definitely, yeah, I might want to check that out. Uh, I am a big fan of Red Dwarf, too. Uh, maybe not as much as Mike, because there was a couple of episodes you mentioned that I am not familiar with i kind of got out of the laser seasons i'm really familiar with the early ones but yeah red dwarf is really good if if you like your science fiction not so serious but at the same time it's it there's there's a couple of fart jokes and there's a couple of poop jokes and yeah they do kind of go a little lowbrow but at the same time they will snap it right around and make a really smart fucking joke and you're like ah <laughs> <laughs> You guys are thinking. <laughs> I like when when uh like Rimmer's like uh, broadcast this message in all, on all known wavelengths in all known languages, including Welsh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, like like Rimmer's really uh, proud of knowing Esperanto, and they're all like Esperanto's a dead language. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, William Shatner knows it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Oh, but yeah, yeah, totally check out Red Dwarf. I, I would say check out all these series. Like I said, even if I'm not a fan, who the hell am I? I? I can't make your decisions for you. They all have something definitely worth watching. So yeah, check them out. All on DVD, all readily available. Some of them you might pay a little bit more for, some a little bit less. But hell yeah, if you like good sci-fi that, again, is not Star Trek, definitely, definitely check them out. I came here to save you. Oh, yeah? And who's going to come to save you? Junior, I told you! Don't call me Junior. Unfortunately, I have to say one thing right now. Snakes. Why'd it have to be snakes? Ah, we're gonna go into Indiana Jones, and I don't mean to sound defeated. I actually am really uh, excited to talk about this topic. There was actually a guy named Harrison Ford at one time who had two, fucking two, iconic characters in the 80s. He was not only Han Solo, roguish, smuggling space pirate, but he was also Dr. Jones, Dr. Henry Jones, a swashbuckling archaeologist with a penchant for uh, adventure and intrigue. Uh, Indiana Jones is a very, very iconic character. Um, so well known, they even brought him back in the last couple of uh, years to make another movie. He was so well loved. Yeah, the the tales of uh, Indiana Jones are really really cool. They're just good old fashioned thirties serial swashbuckling fun. He goes out and looks for stuff, stuff that people can't find, and nine times out of ten he runs into Nazis. Every once in a while he runs into Indian cultists, but you know they're not always. <laughs> <laughs> they're not always reliable. Sometimes the not- Nazis need a day off. Kalima, Kalime, Kalima! Hum num shabai! No time for love, Dr. Jones. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we're going to totally talk about some Indiana Jones right now. Um, I'm going to go ahead and start off with the one person I have not started off with on this podcast, Justin. I know you're actually a pretty big fan. I'm, you you even like Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, so let's, let's hear your thoughts yes. on our... Good Dr. Jones. Dr. Jones. Yes, I I know a lot of people do not like Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, but I do. I know you can go ahead and boo me and send me your angry emails telling me I'm a moron and I can't read or whatever, but... Uh, <laughs> you know what? You know, I'll, I'll, get, I'll get your back on one thing. 
for being 20 year, 20 some odd years later, it could have been a lot fucking worse. It's not a bad movie. Yeah, like I said on the previous show, the only thing that I didn't like about it, to be honest, was Shia LaBeouf acting like Tarzan. I thought that was pretty ridiculous. Even though <laughs> the Joel. movie, you know, even though the movie starts out with Indy surviving an atomic bomb blast, I mean, that's pretty over the top. But I kind of thought that was the point. You know, it's like Indy's back and he's gonna survive an atomic bomb. So over the top and go because we got aliens in it and it's just going to be ridiculous. But uh, yeah, I, I thought it was a fun movie. Um, I enjoyed it, but I, I enjoyed just about all of the Indiana stuff. Um, I remember being a kid and anxiously waiting for the Young Indiana Jones Chronicles TV show. Like I, I really enjoyed that. Though it, it's no secret I really enjoy history, so it's like you know it's like taking peanut butter and chocolate. They go together so well, you know. Why why wouldn't you do that? So you know, you you would have Indiana Jones in World War One, or you know, he'd be teaming up with Theodore Roosevelt or some other historical figure. And I'm like, wow, this is this is really cool, you know. It, it is really cool, and and Indiana Jones knew who the burn victim was. He <laughs> he totally like uh, you know uh, I, I liked all the. Um, the historical stuff. The one thing I will say is that this is a case of George Lucas's uh, special editioning that I actually liked because when I was a kid and those young Indiana Jones Chronicles came on ABC, I fucking hated the little old geezer pirate looking, <laughs> you know, Indiana Jones guy that had no eye. Where it's like, yeah. come here, kids, I'm gonna tell you a story. When I saw that, I was like. That's not fucking Indiana Jones. That's <laughs> bullshit. Like, I couldn't stand that. So, like, that was, like, a turnoff for me for years when I was a little kid. But uh, I remember how they repackaged them, you know, as just TV movies and stuff like that. And, you know, when they showed them on the Sci-Fi Channel and the History Channel and all that stuff, like, they're they're really good movies. And, and uh, Sean Patrick Flannery is, is great as uh, young Indiana Jones. So, yeah. Who played Young Indiana Last Crusade? Was it was it one of the Phoenix? It was movie? River Phoenix. Yeah, uh, the one who died. Yeah, because yeah, I always felt bad about that because he was he was a good Young Indy too. I, I, I always you know kind of lamented the fact that he died. Um, <laughs> but uh, only I will laugh after someone's death. Let, um, let me let me ask uh, the fan Jose question: Like, which of the movies is your favorite? I got to go with Last Crusade. I really loved how uh, Connery and uh, Ford played off each other. That was just great. Yeah, I got your back there, Tony. I like Last Crusade the best, too. I don't know. To me, it's like a tough question because I'll I'll just say uh, I've never seen The Crystal Skull. um, And I know that Temple of Doom is, like, regarded as horrible. But, like, I kind of I kind of have a soft spot for Temple of Doom. Like, like that's like right up when I was like watching indiana jones like that's probably you know like like how you have your ghostbusters 2 and your you know star trek the motion picture and stuff like that <laughs> like like temple of doom is probably my version of that where i i look around and go what? what what do you mean this is bad like this is awesome like he's fighting crazy indians who eat monkey brains what's wrong with that <laughs> you know, like like i don't know you know obviously like i didn't I didn't understand the movie, you know, to, in that context at the time or anything like that. I just enjoyed it for for what it was, you know. So there's I, that. I will say one thing. I don't know why everybody hates Short Round. I thought Short Round was fine. Yeah, I think Short Round kicks ass. Um, 
But I mean, I mean, in terms of like, you know, I, I would say either Temple of Doom or Raiders of the Lost Ark for me. So. That's cool. Yeah. Um, I, one thing I kind of wanted to kind of delve into, I want to say there were comics, but I'm not sure. So I'm not going to really touch on that. Yes. But what do you think were, about there were, there were lots of comics. there were there were many comics. Yes. There was there was a Marvel comic series and there were like tons mm-hmm. of miniseries from Dark Horse. Cool, cool. Yeah, I like I said, I wasn't sure because I wasn't really in Indiana Jones comics. Did you guys like the comics? Did I obviously did not read them. So. I read some of the Marvel comics. I don't think I've read any of the Dark Horse ones, though. Uh, the thing that stuck out to me about the Marvel ones was I think I forget what I think like John John Byrne did like the cover to issue number one. So I remember having that because I, you know, I like John Byrne's art and stuff like that. But I can't I can't say speak too much to the Indiana Jones comic books. I know there was like one. I think one of the Dark Horse ones it was like he was looking for Atlantis or something like that. Like yeah. that's that's kind of what I remember about that uh, See, stuff. I'm I'm kind of the opposite of Derek. I never read any of the Marvel ones, but I read a few of the Dark Horse. Like I never read. It's called Fate of Atlantis. I never read that one or or played the video game it's based on. But I did read uh, the Spear of Destiny, and there was a series that came out around the time of Crystal Skull. I think it was called. Uh, Tomb of the Gods or something like that. Like I, I read most of that. I think I ended up missing like the last issue because I just couldn't find it. But you know, most, some it's, eh, you know, your mileage may vary on the Dark Horse comics. Some are really good and some are just kind of meh, you know. I guess. Um, this probably will only apply to Tony. I'm thinking, but I'm just going <laughs> to ask anyway. Uh, did you, Tony, sir, have uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark Kenner action figures like with the the indie that whipped and. You know that kind of stuff. For I actually, for some fucking reason, and I still do not know to this day. I don't know why I purchased them, but I had Belloc from that line. <laughs> yeah, you know what's funny is because the the guys. This is what I had. I had I had Indiana Jones. It came with the whip. I remember my mom was constantly trying to look for Marion for me because she would always <laughs> she would always like look for the girl figure because she knew it was back in those days. Uh, you oh, know, I guess hell, yeah. they, usually they were yeah. rare and weren't like you know well packed or whatever. The only exception I can think of that is there were like litters of baronesses like running around the GI <laughs> Joe aisles. But, like most times it was like, hey, can we get Scarlet? And it'd be like, um, yeah, we don't know. Like we're gonna have to look for that figure. Or we're gonna have to look for. It'd be like, what, Lady J? Oh, I better get this now because I'm never gonna see it again or whatever. So <laughs> like, like the Hollywood producer, hey kid, you want to buy the baroness? She's got black hair. She's got leather. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. She's hot. Um, but yeah, so so like I had I had indie, um, and then and then there was the mail away. I had the mail away Belloc because it's like you had to you know mail away for him or whatever, and he had like the little you know I don't know Arabian red robe or whatever when he's calling up all the spirits and stuff like that. And then um, shortly before his face melts off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. And then uh, there, there's like the playset where you know, like it had Indy in his like turban, you know, with his 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 you know five day old stubble where he's like you know, <laughs> like basically using the 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 crystal and the the amulet or whatever to like uh, you know show him the path with the little map and everything. And then uh, and then there was a big playset which was like the Ark of the Covenant playset. So it had like the little Ark and the case and everything, and you know it had like the underground tomb and stuff. But what was funny was I was like, you know what, Mom? And she's like, what? And I'm like, you know, there's not enough snakes in this, this <laughs> play set. You know, so like, so like she helped me and stuff. And we like painted 
like a bunch of extra snakes on that playset. So it was like that playset. <laughs> she just comes into your room at like twelve o'clock in the night and just throws a giant king snake on the playset. Yeah, I know. There's your snake. No, no, no. But it was funny because it was like I remember we like that that playset ended up having a bunch of green snake, you know, extra snakes painted on it and stuff like that. Because I was like, there's not enough. This isn't like the movies. This is like three snakes. Like, I was like <laughs> there was tons of snakes down there. So. That was the only thing that was funny about the 80s, because I remember having Belloc and his, his little fedora and his, like, he actually had his hand kind of in that pose where he got the amulet burned into his hand. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But he didn't have an amulet, so he would just kind of go on like, hi. Um, and <laughs> I remember having him and for some, again, stupid fucking reason, Perseus from the Clash of the Titans action figure line. Nice. <laughs> And then those guys died a lot, because who do you want to kill? Yeah, let's kill the guy with the hat and the guy with the fro. Let's just kill those two, right? <laughs> yeah, Joe's had lots of target practice with those guys. <laughs> uh, and uh, another, uh, I, I, when you actually said, did you have the Raiders of the Lost Ark, I thought you were going to say video game, which I did not. Um, there was actually a couple of video games. One of the ones that I thought had the coolest fucking name ever, I never got to play it on the PC, but... I thought that would be the greatest title for an Indiana Jones movie was Indiana Jones and the Spear of Destiny. Uh, anybody remember that at all? Sounds familiar. It was just a PC game, or I believe so. I got, I want to say it was a Commodore. Let me look it up real quick. Yeah, but the, if it was a PC game, it was probably like Commodore sixty four game or something. Yeah, it, it was pretty fucking old. But I just when I heard that, it's like even. As a young man, I was like, that is the best title for the next Indiana Jones movie. Hmm. This is coming up as a comic series. Might be. But I'm it's, sure. It, it, it was a you know Dark Horse miniseries. And then the, the computer game I'm thinking of is Fate of Atlantis, which was a computer PC game. But this would have been like mid to late 90s. I swear to God, it was a game, though. I don't Looks like, like it's a fan game. I don't know. Let me see. Maybe I don't know. That that's the next link I have up. Indiana Jones and the Spear of Destiny fan game. Yeah, you're looking at the same thing. I I, I might have heard it from there. The indie experience fan games, but we decided yeah. to abandon this project. Tell hmm. me more, Mars, because I apparently fucked up my memory on this one. I swear to God, that was a game. Let me see if I can find. Let me see. Let's look up Indiana Jones PC games. I swear that was one of them. But you got to admit, that is a really cool title. That is the main thing that caught me. It was like, it's a really good title for a movie. Yeah, yeah. I also remember the Indiana... Okay, Derek, you might remember this one. Do you remember the Indiana Jones arcade game? Yeah, that was Where the you'd Temple of Doom one, and right? Go, <laughs> that was... That, I think you were with the Temple of Doom on that one, right? Yeah, 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 and and you would just make... Like, like when you would whip the... Because you, you, you were going through, like, the mine... mine shafts or whatever down in the where they're making all the kids dig the the ore and stuff it was incredibly incredibly hard i remember that much okay as far as pc games indiana jones and the lost kingdom in the lost kingdom of the crystal of the skull um (laughs) indiana jones and revenge of the ancients Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, the graphic adventure. Yeah, I guess the only thing it, it could have been is either Lost Kingdom or Revenge of the Ancients. Because one of them is a 
64, and one of them is a PC. But I thought Spear of Destiny. Oh, well. You know. Revenge is a... Uh, revenge. Uh, memory is a funky thing. Uh, oh, well. You'll have that. I do say I do see Fate of Atlantis as an action game. So, yeah, that did come out. That was on Commodore 64, too. And Amiga. No wonder it was so awesome. <laughs> Oh, that's one I don't remember playing, but I heard it was supposedly really horrible. Indiana Jones and the Infernal Machine. Oh, that was a LucasArts game, wasn't it? I think so, yeah. For some reason, I just imagine like, Indiana Jones walking around going, Get your foot off that blasted Samoflange! <laughs> we, we named the dog Samoflange. <laughs> it's Infernal Machine. <laughs> Oh, um, I, I guess one thing I kind of was kind of curious about on this topic, considering the fact that, like, okay, yes, Justin, you did like the the newest movie, and I didn't hate it. I mean, I'll be honest, it wasn't the worst thing I ever saw. Should they go forward with Harrison Ford for another one, or would you want to see a reboot, or should it just be done? Um, a reboot? No, God, no, a, a thousand times, no. Um, should they make another one? I I don't know. Like I read uh, an interview with uh, Spielberg in Entertainment Weekly like a few weeks ago, and he was kind of he was kind of defending Crystal Skull, and he said that they had an idea for another one, but it was kind of up to George Lucas just whenever he was going to get around to writing it. Um, like for me personally, like I don't think they should make another one unless they have a really good story. Yeah, I mean I I, I liked. Crystal Skull, but there, you know, there were some problems with it. Um, but yeah, I, I think they should just. I, I think one of the biggest hurdles they'd have to overcome if they do it afterwards, they could probably do one before, maybe like a year before. But if they do it after, they have to deal with Indy being married and having a kid. Well, he, he's. I mean, he's yeah. grown up, but yeah. Yeah, hey, he's he's one Mephisto away from getting rid of that. <laughs> <laughs> Indiana Jones and the brand new day. <laughs> I mean, if if they want to like do like a handoff and make it like you know Mutt Williams and you know the curse of you know Kennedy's tomb or something like, I don't know if that would be a good series of movies or whatnot. But I think wouldn't it, wouldn't it be wouldn't it be like Mutt Williams and the curse of the haunted Walgreens or something? <laughs> But they heard Mutt Williams and the curse of no 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 no. Yeah, I I don't think they should. I don't think they should go in that direction. So I don't know. Maybe it is time for them to give it a rest. But then you know, part of me kind of kind of wants to see one more. So I guess I'm I'm kind of torn. I would I would agree with no, but it's it's not because I don't want to see it. It's just I mean. I, mean, I don't want to sound like a dick, but fact is fact. Harrison Ford's just fucking old, you know, and he is indie, you know. Yeah. Because he's like creeping up on sixty, right? Or he is over sixty. I don't even know. I, I'm not sure. I believe he is over sixty. Yeah. <laughs> the Indiana Jones topic hits a nice depressing end. <laughs> <laughs> um, but well, something that always cracks me up in Raiders of the Lost Ark is. The scene where the monkey gives the sea cow, like, I don't know, every time I watch that movie and I've seen Raiders like a million times, that always cracks me up for some reason. 
Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, one of my favorite things, actually, it, it, it pertains to Indiana Jones, but it's actually not Indiana Jones. I listened to uh, the Hollywood Babylon podcast on uh, Smod Network. I know I'm talking about another podcast on our podcast. Just, just bear with me. But uh, Ralph Garman is on that. He is a guy who does voices on Family Guy. And he's actually a pretty good impressionist. And he does a really good older Harrison Ford where he kind of mumbles a lot of his lines. I don't know if you guys ever noticed that in his later movies. <laughs> he, he tends to mumble a little bit. And um, they always ask him to do like birthday shout-outs as Indiana Jones or as you know, Harrison Ford. And for some reason, no matter what it is, he'll be like, you know, like, he'll come on and be like, yeah, I'd like to really, uh, I'd wish you a happy birthday. And then, uh, oh, oh, no. I just want a dependent man, dependent man, dependent man, dependent man. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why I just get that little flashback from the last crusade where he just keeps repeating the dependent man, dependent man. And he's like, oh, yeah, I got a duck. <laughs> I don't know. Per- personally, I guess I find that funny. I don't know. And yeah, as far as Indiana Jones goes, even if I'm not a fan of Crystal Skull, he's he's still a great character to me. I I, I liked it. I like watching Indiana Jones swing into action one last time. I mean, if you could take away all the fan hate, I mean, it was worth seeing it one more time. What do you guys think? I I did not watch it because uh, I did <laughs> not want to see it, so I I can't offer any opinion on whether I liked it or was worth People it. I just. I just decided that I didn't want to see it, so I didn't. And then I think I think my my uh, parents ended up renting it at some point, but I even kind of like stayed out of the room and was just like. And then I came back in and was like, "Yeah, so was it any good?" And they're like, "No, nah, you probably were right to stay out of the room." And I was like, "Okay, you know." So. Derek, Derek, you do not have the high ground. Yeah, I don't. I don't have the high ground. <laughs> If it helps, at one point Shia LaBeouf is like full ton poor people. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, I, I totally reversed my opinion. I'm gonna go run out and buy the Blu-ray right now. Well, I I saw it in theaters, and when it turned out to be Aliens, I could actually feel like the audience going like, what? You know, like, huh? You know, like, no, this can't be right. You know. And I was kind of like that too. I was like, "Really? Oh." Yeah. I uh, I don't know. I, I I think the story, in and of itself, wasn't bad. I just think, at some point when they were writing it, with the subject matter they were dealing with, because the because the crystal skulls actually exist, not the way they show them in the movie. They're not all alieny and stuff. They just like human skulls. Yeah. Like. I think they wrote themselves into a corner. They're like, okay, it's got to be UFOs, you know? It was like they, they didn't really plan it out ahead of time. They're just like, in Andrew's last adventure, it's the 50s. UFOs are cool, <laughs> you know? <laughs> well, I, I know Spielberg wasn't too crazy about them being aliens. And I remember reading another interview where he was like, you know, he was sitting around, and then he says, you know, George came up to me, and he's like, Stephen, I've got a great idea to get around your, you know, hang up with these aliens. What if they're from another dimension? And Spielberg was kind of like, um, you know, it, whatever, same difference. You know, they still look like aliens, so <laughs> yeah. even even Spielberg wasn't really sold on the whole alien. Because so. was like, I've got a good idea for these aliens. What if they shoot first? <laughs> 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 Fix everything. Um. 
but yeah, I mean, I, I don't have any hatred toward Indiana Jones as far as the whole franchise. It gave us three really good movies. And like I said, I'm not bashing Justin. The, the fourth one wasn't horrible. I mean, it could have been a lot worse. I don't hate it. It, it, it was it was like what you said, Mike. There was just a certain point where I was just kind of like, uh, uh, huh? <laughs> you know? Yes, and, and the, uh, the Shia LaBeouf doing his Tarzan bit was profoundly stupid, yes. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty bad. So, yeah. I, w- I would say, as, as far as, like, general consensus, to be on a positive note, I think I think we like Indiana Jones for the most part, though. Would you agree, guys? Yeah, yeah I like Indiana Jones. Yeah, I like the classic <laughs> movies, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 of course, for the Secret Brother Shadow of the Week, me and Mike wholeheartedly uh, recommend uh, Last Crusade. Really good movie. We've been trying to contact you for days, Wolverine. Where have you been? Somewhere cold. We're going to move on now. Um, I am not going to lie. I've tried to read this so many times, I just can't get past it. Um, <laughs> well, that's got to that's gotta speak for itself then, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I just, oh, as soon as I get a couple pages in, I'm like, really? What the fuck? Um, <laughs> someplace cold is where we be going, fellows. Yeah, someplace cold is where we kind of talk about something we're not really totally fond of. Or we just fucking think it's stupid. Again, as I said at the top of the uh, show, what if your dick friend or your asshole boss got the hammer of Thor and decided to be a dick? With the hammer of Thor, <laughs> and and what if your what if your dick friend uh, uh, screwed up your favorite blanket, <laughs> <laughs> and then you realized you know what didn't some other dick screw up my blanket like ten years ago like yeah that's that's kind of where we're going to because the last topic for this. Uh, Fanholes podcast is fear itself. This was a big cross continuity, cross crossover uh, event in Marvel Comics. And I'm not going to go too deep into it because I really couldn't read a lot of it, so I don't know a lot of the underlying themes of it. But in a nutshell, there is a big event where very Thor like hammers crash to Earth and very. You would think undeserving people picked them up. Some people were okay, but uh, Juggernaut like picked up a fucking Thor hammer, and he's not the nicest guy in the world. And again, they proceed to be kind of <clears throat> jackasses with him. So, fear itself. I'm just gonna go to two of my comic guys, like I usually do on these kind of subjects. And uh, since we have come full circle, I'll go with the guy who started off, Mike. Hammers a plenty. <laughs> well, you know, I this is the I think fear itself is the point where I hit Marvel event burnout where I'm like I I don't think I'm going to be buying the next one like it, it it probably took me a long time to get it but you know they every time was like something like well this time it was like oh Bendis isn't writing this one maybe yeah, I'll try it yeah, and ben, I, I was like yeah, yeah. 
and like but unfortunately like Matt Fraction hasn't been score wasn't scoring well with me in Invincible Iron Man. I know if you've been listening, you know, I recently dropped that book and Fair itself was another nail in that coffin too. And I I still liked his like his work on X-Men and stuff, but yeah, I didn't really dig Fair itself at all. And uh I don't know. It just seemed really uh did it seemed we, weird it, that like everybody who got a hammer was a big muscular guy. Yeah, they, well, they, yeah, they, they <laughs> did seem to be heading for people with a certain physique. Yeah, well, that's funny. Like there were there were seven guys. Like, they're called the Worthy with the the new like evil hammers, I guess. And it seemed like they overused Juggernaut. Like there were seven guys, right? But and Jugger- Juggernaut was like all over the fucking yeah. World. Juggernaut, yeah. Juggernaut, yeah. He was he's a member of the Thunderbolts, so he has to be in the Thunderbolts tie-in issues. He's an X-Men villain, so he has to be in the X-Men tie-in issues. He was also in that like uh, Youth in Revolt, like Avengers Initiative mini where they fought him. And he probably was some other places too. I remember. I, I, I'm pretty sure I remember him being. I don't know. Maybe I'm on crack, but I remember some. I think maybe he was there during the whole speedball thing that I got all pissed off. Oh, about. probably that too. Yeah, and I was gonna say. Meanwhile, you've got the gray gargoyle who got a hammer, and he's like confined to the Iron Man like book. And I think like what Atuma got a hammer. Yeah, he, Atuma got a yeah. hammer. He was only in what that the deep book, I think. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like Absorbing Man and Titania were just in the Avengers Academy bu- a book, and then I I even forgot who else got oh a uh, Hulk and uh, the Thing yeah and I guess they were just confined to their like little segments so I, like that's that was one of my pet peeves that they kind of didn't like spread I don't know I guess spread the wealth around that much but when they had like these seven major bad guys but. But uh, oh, but I was gonna say most of it seemed really derivative and stuff like I'd read before, like you know. It kind of was. I mean, it feels yeah. like that way to me. Like where you know, I I mean, I know people. You know, they you know a lot of writers want to fall back on. Well, this is everybody's first story. You know, every story is somebody's first story, and that you know these ideas can be. You know, you know we need to tell you know stories that you know whatever. But like. I don't know. It's like how many? It's like, dude. I read fucking Secret Wars. You know, I read Infinity <laughs> fucking Gauntlet. Like I've seen, Civil War. I've seen the motherfuckers' shield been broken, and it was a big fucking deal. Yeah. Like seeing some other, you know, seeing the serpent guy, who's basically just, you know, the same serpent as in uh, fucking uh, uh, Thor three hundred eighty one. Yeah, it's I was like, gonna say, wasn't like the whole conclusion to Walt uh, Simonson's run, uh, Thor fighting a giant serpent yeah, and then dying you know? at the end? Yeah, yeah, it's just kind of like you know, like. Like I'm, I yeah, I'm just kind of like some of this stuff. It's like it's like the stuff with Daredevil where they're like, we're gonna have Matt Murdock reveal his secret identity for what the fifth fucking time? Like, come on, <laughs> yeah. dude. Like it's like I'm Daredevil. Fucking else is like, yeah. <laughs> it's like fuck. We know, asshole. Like you know, I don't know. Like yeah. I, I also also and I guess well I guess this isn't even spoilers because it's been out for a while. But the deaths in this mini series, well, yeah, like, there, at, 
there, no impact at all. Dude, the deaths in this miniseries, and this for me is saying a great deal if you know me, the deaths in this miniseries are more uh, inconsequential than the deaths in our worlds at war. Okay? Like, like fucking Aquaman. <laughs> Honestly, fucking, to me, they're actually kind of funny. You know, Aquaman fucking dies, and then, like, you know, a couple months later, then he gets a new book. You know, Ma and uh, Pa Kent dies, and a couple months later, he's back. And, you know, all this shit. General Lane dies, and then fucking years later, oh, by the way, I wasn't really dead, and now I'm a evil General Ross asshole. You know, or whatever. But, like, this, it's just like, dude, Bucky Cap dies. Oh, wait, I'm not dead. I was an LMD. It's like Thor dies. Oh, wait, wait. Uh, uh, my eyes are open again. Like, I'm cool. <laughs> and like, oh, Paris gets fucking blown up. Oh, don't worry about it. Odin, Odin fixed that shit. Like, Paris is cool. You know, and I'm like, yeah. oh, wait, what was the point of all that fucking shit about yeah. the great gargoyle being a fucking asshole and all this stuff? You know, it's like, oh, well, it's like, uh, lucky for you, God is feeling cool today. Like, what? I don't know. I'm just, <laughs> I, I, I thought all that stuff was fucking dumb, man. I mean, it's like it's like if the point is, I, I don't know, like uh, if all you have to fear is fear itself. Well, no, motherfucker. I think I got to fear the great gargoyle fucking my whole town up. Like, that's what I, I don't know. <laughs> It's just, that's yeah, I get you. you know, my biggest question is, though, is like, you know, from a logical standpoint, and I understand the whole premise of like, you know, oh, badasses, you know, who could fuck up shit like horribly. But at the same time, in a logical standpoint, Juggernaut Thing and the Hulk are already more than capable of fucking shit up. It's like, how does that make them more scary that they have a hammer and now they can do it? it it's kind of like, you know, it, it was back in the cold war days. It's like, we can nuke you 42 times. Oh yeah. Well, we can nuke you 46 times. It's like, Oh, so now Hulk can kill me seven times. That's, that's, that's scary. <laughs> well, the fun, the funniest part was what, how the thing gets cured from his worthiness. It's like Franklin Richards pretty much says, I've had enough of this shit. You're cured and touches like <laughs> un- his uncle Ben and he cures him. And the, like the things like we better not tell Reed and Susie about this. Okay. <laughs> you know. I'm going to move back to France. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah i don't know it just nothing seemed to like have any impact and it, the stuff like i seem to have read all this stuff before and even stupid stuff like you know it's always like oh this is the worst situation we've ever been in and it's like no it isn't you were like you solved like 50 situations like this like you know in the last year alone you know and it's like you know spider-man's like oh cap i don't think we're gonna make it this one i'm gonna go run off to find my aunt yeah like you know Hmm. cap's like okay whatever yeah and like spider-man like has one scene in that series where he's like searching on like i guess the brooklyn bridge or something and he like finds aunt may and he's just like oh uh, your nephew peter told me to come and see if you were okay are you okay and aunt may's like well yeah but shouldn't you be go like helping people and spider-man's like "Oh, oh yeah right I'm, I'm okay. a superhero. <laughs> I don't like. No, I gave up pussy for you. Fuck you. You're gonna be safe. <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah, I gave up getting laid on the reg for you, bitch. <laughs> By a supermodel. What the fuck? <laughs> what would have been a better storyline is like Peter, like going like, you know what? Why don't I just fucking ask Mephisto for a hammer? I mean, apparently he gives me whatever the fuck I want. So. 
<laughs> and I, I was another thing that really annoyed me was like you know Tony Stark like like Odin pr- pretty much abandons Earth and is like oh god you guys are all fucked and everything we gotta and we're gonna go like prepare this massive army to go raise Earth to the ground so we can like rid ourselves of the serpent and his like legion and stuff and like Tony Stark goes to get like an audience with Odin and the way he like gets Odin's attention is by like having a drink. Like, like he's like, I've been sober for years, but now I'm going to give that up as a sacrifice so you'll come out and see me. And I don't know if it's just me, but that just doesn't seem like, you know, something that Odin should even care about. Like, you know, like, I, well, it's a sacrifice. That's what's funny about, like, that, that follow-up where Odin, like, you know, freaking magics Paris back into existence or whatever he did, right? Where I was like, what the fuck did you just do? But, but like, he gets mad at him, you know, Tony, and, like, gets into this fight with Odin, and then Odin's like, you know what, you're nothing. You're a fucking maggot. Like, look at the scope and size of the universe and see how nothing you are. But, like, if he's that nothing, then what the fuck do you care that he, he uh, you know, sacrificed something that was singularly personal to him yeah you know i i don't know it just it just if, if, it's it, it's like that that it, it's that kind of weirdness of like you know somebody posting on twitter or somebody you know breaking a news story or something where it's like all about them and it's like look at how you know my daughter not being cast in this movie affected me and yeah. and how much money i got paid for reading <sighs> this story you know like i don't I don't know. It just it just seems very, I don't know, strange. It's, like, it's why... probably gonna be like a director's cut where it's like Odin walking into the chamber and Tony Stark's like, "I'm going to have a drink with you to show you how much I am willing to give up just to make sure there's peace." And Odin's like, "Your mortal problems mean nothing to me." And he's like, "I have Zima." And Odin's like, "Zima? That shit has been around since 1997." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it, it just didn't. Yeah, it didn't ring true. Like it, 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 it rang. I don't know. Like, like, like Derek, like you said, it's like why would Odin? You know, it, it's nothing to him, basically. And like, I guess they try does to even, get around. Does he even like know Tony Stark? Really? You know. Well, no. That they get around it by they they say like you know Odin's like oh you are a a blood brother of my my a battle brother of my son Thor and that's why I'll grant you this audience or whatever. But you know. No, it's it's you cool dog. You cool dog. But, see, but dog. See, even that like that shouldn't that be enough? Like why? I, yeah. It's like it's like wait. Oh my my boy's war brother like got fucking tanked. So I better see him now. <laughs> as opposed to he's my brother's. You know he's my boy's war brother. Like what's the difference? Like yeah. It's like either you fucking you know either you know either you you respect the friends your son has chosen or you don't but the whole initial beginning of the series is fuck you thor like we're not helping (laughs) we're leaving because all these other fucking you know know nothing maggots are fucking done you know so it's like well either you respect him or you don't respect him you know and it's like i don't know it just seems kind of like odin is is plot cheese that doesn't smell good you know like and it, as opposed to just being like a character you know um I, I will say one thing i i've been making glib comments just because i found what you guys said of is being funny but justin have you actually read it what i mean i try to get into it i've read a couple of pages of i don't even remember certain issues and like it just didn't stick with me i you probably read more than i have did you have any thoughts about it read it hated it the end <laughs> 
<laughs> no. Uh... Done. <laughs> Great Odin's plot cheese. Uh, yeah, I, I've talked about this on other shows, but I, I really disliked it. You know, um, Fraction is kind of a hit or miss writer with me. When he, when he took over Thor from Straczynski, I didn't like what he did with that. Um, his work on X-Men is kind of hit or miss. Um, I, really, I really liked what he did with um, that first issue of Defenders that's out. But then kind of like what Mike said, I'm like, oh, this event should be good. It's not Bendis. You know, it's Fraction. It, oh, I'll give it a try. Wrong. Yeah. <laughs> um, and like you, something else. Echo the other start. Uh, uh, the other thoughts, or is there something that really just kind of pissed you off? <clears throat> oh well, I've talked about this before, but the thing that really irritated me was the death of Bucky Cap. And everybody knows I'm a huge Bucky Cap fanboy. And if they were going to kill him off, I think they should have let Brubaker do it, and they should have done it in his ongoing series, not just have the Red Skull's screwed up daughter. You know, hit him with the hammer a few times, and that he's done for. Oh wait, no, he's not done for. That was the LMD. He he got magically better. He's okay now. Yeah, I, I didn't like that, but you know, pretty much what everybody else said. It, it was a bad event. Um, none of the big changes to the Marvel universe stuck or will stick. I mean, we all know that Thor is going to be back in time for the Avengers movie next year. You know, they've. They've undid everything else. That, that's one thing that really kind of pissed me off. It was like, I'm not, I don't mean to cut you off, and I'm, and I'm sorry I did, but like, they just brought back Thor not too long ago. Why do they fucking keep killing him off? <laughs> well, but you know what's interesting about that too is is you could apply the same logic to when the Thor movie came out. You're like, wait, Thor just became King Thor. Do you know what I mean? Like in the Straczynski yeah. thing. And then mm. even before that, in the Jurgens run, you're like, oh, wait, he was King Thor for a long time. You know, it's kind of like I, I remember, you know, when the Thor movie came out and I read through all this, you know, this plethora of Thor books, you know. And, you know, you, you just see the, you know, it's kind of like they like using the Asgardian lore and myth, but then they just recycle, rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat, rinse. It's like how many... How many times can they do Ragnarok? Yeah, it's like Ragnarok happens like every fucking Sunday or some shit, you know? And you're just like, well, how big a deal can it be to me this time? You know, it's like, you know, what? Because... Because Captain America's got some guns and he's in the middle of uh, Oklahoma? Like, yeah, I don't, you know. And, And then a lot of this stuff, like... I don't know what it is, but it's like I, I remember when crossovers somehow were they 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 were generated out of a place of involving the entire universe, and like these days it seems like the the genesis of the crossover seems very specific. It's like kind of like I guess the same complaint that people had about Blackest Night. It was like, oh, originally it was a Green Lantern crossover, but then they decided to make it a crossover with everybody. Do you know what I mean? And this is kind of what it feels yeah. like. It feels like, oh, this is a big Thor event or a big, you know, Cap event or whatever you want to call it or a big Avengers event. But you know what? Fuck that. We're going to make it with everybody. And you're like, well, but what? Why does Spider-Woman <laughs> and Wolverine, like, why are they involved in the... And the hammer and the, huh, and the, you know, and you're just kind of like, eh. Not, not to steal your Hollywood agent thing again, uh, Derek, but you can't just see, like, Joey Q coming into the office and go, like, all right, check it out, motherfuckers. 
Hammers for everyone, bitches. <laughs> no, they're like, okay, we got this thing for you. Okay, it's a juggernaut, but he's got a hammer, see? And then he's got these Tron lines, and he glows like fucking Sark. It's going to be great. The kids will love it. We'll make action figures. It'll be on the lunch pails, and uh, it'll be in the video games. Let's do it, you know? But, yeah. If you don't like it, you're fired. <laughs> yeah. Um. What I was going to say is if I were forced to find some positive things about it because, you know, I, I try to find positive things in anything just, I guess, to feel like I didn't waste my time. Um, there were some miniseries and tie-ins to Fear Itself that I thought were pretty good. Uh, Fear Itself, The Deep, was pretty good. It's basically a Defenders reunion where they pretty much go up against the hammer-powered uh, Atuma. Like, that was a pretty good series. And then... Um, what was the other one? Oh, uh, Fear Itself, Fearsome 4 was pretty good. It's basically She-Hulk, uh, Nighthawk, uh, Howard the Duck, and Frankenstein fighting uh, the Man-Thing. Like, it it was a pretty enjoyable miniseries. It had some humor to it, and it was a lot of fun. But, was the Man-Thing, like, sort of worthy or something? Or? He, he he was, like, super-powered up from all the fear that everybody uh, was supposed oh. to be feeling. So, so like, whatever, whatever fear knows fear. Since, <laughs> since everybody knew fear, he was, like, burning up everybody? Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Yeah, they, they went into that in the Thunderbolts uh, tie-in because, you know, Man-Thing was a member of the Thunderbolts then, and uh, they finally made the... Uh, he grew to, like, the size of a city, and the Songbird's like, it's a giant-sized Man-Thing! Yeah, I'll... I'll agree with Justin that there were some good, like, tie-ins and stuff. Like, I liked Youth and Revolt, which had, like, the Avengers Initiative guys and oh, okay. stuff. And, uh, like, the Thunderbolts and the Avengers Academy, like, tie-in arcs. Yeah, I read I read the too. Avengers Academy back when we were doing the, the Avengers Academy on the other podcast. And I, I enjoyed that. I liked watching Pym, you know, figure out how to beat up... Uh... Absorbing man and stuff like that. Well, you see that, that. I think that was my biggest problem. Is like, like I said, I'm not a big comics guy now. But when you suggested Avengers came in, I've read my DC comic. Like when you uh, suggested that, I was like, oh, I'm not a big comics guy, but I got into it. I was like, oh, these are really good stories. And then like with Fear itself, I'm like, <clears throat> it was like, I mean, it wasn't the worst thing I ever read. It didn't rate my childhood or anything like that. It was just I could not get into it. It was just. You know what? You know what else too is like. You know how Justin said like like the death of Bucky Cap. If they were going to do something like that, should have been kept in Captain America's book. It kind of reminds me of like what I was saying about this being like a Cap slash Thor crossover to begin with. It's like what what the transition from you know Steve Rogers, you know, uh, uh, you know. Whatever he was, like Shield Commander of the World or whatever the fuck his official title was, <laughs> but like you know, basically Super Soldier Steve Rogers to you know back New action back, figure costume <laughs> back, back to Captain America. Like I I don't know. It just it, it just felt like a weird sloppy transition inside a crossover. You know, like where you're like, wait, w- you know, when does he do this? Like, how does he get? You know, I don't know. It just. Yeah, yeah, it's just kind of like, okay, Bucky's dead now. I better wear the uniform again because yeah. they've been they, they telling me to wear it for the past too. 10 yeah. years or, or whatever, 10, 10 weeks or whatever it's been. Uh, they, they were like, like 10 minutes. Big, yeah. It's a big crossover, so that, therefore it means something that we did this. 
Yeah. See, what I didn't get is I guess it was a big Cap Thor event because they had the movies coming out. Yeah. But then it's like, okay, if you want to get kids to read comics about Thor and Captain America, then why did you kill Thor? He's not in any comics now except for like a few pages in ninety yeah. four and he's dead. I'm like, well, if if you get a kid excited, he's like, oh, Thor's pretty cool. He's really strong. He's got a hammer. I'm going to read his comics. Oh, he's dead? Well, uh, I, I guess I'll go read about, Green Lantern. Yeah, you got to read about – what's his name? That, that I can't even – I don't know what his name is. <laughs> Thanaris, I yes, think it is. Yeah, whatever his name is. I'm like – and kid, kid, kids might have seen Captain America and been like, "Man, I really like that dude who fell off the train." Oh, he's dead now. Yeah. <laughs> why couldn't he hold on? Oh, that's why. <laughs> he sucks. I, I think we have to stop kidding ourselves. No, no kids read Fear itself. Yeah. 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 Oh, don't tell that to Joe Quesada. Yeah. Whatever. And you know. You know. It's really sad. The I will, really Joe. I'm thing. telling you right now, Joe. No kids read Fear itself. <laughs> the sad thing is, I actually like the Juggernaut. I mean, it, it takes a lot for me to like read a comic where I don't like the Juggernaut. I even read his fucking new Excalibur shit. So, is is Juggernaut like an asshole in Thunderbolts, or is he trying to be good like he was in Excalibur? Well, he he see that's that's kind of pissed me off because he was kind of like him and Cage were having sort of a like uh, you know how like the thing used to pal around with Sandman when uh-huh. Sandman yeah, yeah, was going yeah, good yeah. like it was kind of similar with him and Cage like okay. Juggernaut and Cage they, they were, were kind of like be, starting to see eye to eye on yeah them. they were starting to be buddies and then like all of a sudden like uh. And when this fair itself thing happened, like, uh, like, uh, Cage had to, like, ground Juggernaut, because, like, uh, the, the mission right before that, like, they had, like, this, people were screwing with their heads, and, like, uh, Cage, like, saw, like, visions of his wife and his kid getting killed, so he was, like, so flustered that he, like, and Juggernaut was, like, all, like, in doubting that, like, he, he thought, like, they were gonna, like, ground him from the team, so he got all mouthy, and Cage was like, I'm shutting you down, fool! And, you know, he, he activated the nanites and tr- knocked Juggernaut out, and when Juggernaut, like, wakes up, like, the T-Bolts have already left for another mission, and he's like, oh, I guess I'm off the team now, and that's when the hammer finds him, so he's uh, all bitter so and like, stuff. like, oh, fuck it. <laughs> yeah, so they kind of ruined that. the power of butthurt! <laughs> Well, this, uh, yeah, you you stubbed my fucking uh, uh, hammered toe. Uh, there's there's a the T bolts arc does have like the tie in arc does have a really good like when they go and try and stop the juggernaut after he's been infected by the hammer or whatever. There's this really awesome part where uh, Satana. Um, like links everyone's minds with juggernauts and they like go inside his head and it becomes like this sort of like Egyptian hieroglyphic like vision where they're all little symbols and they're like we've got to like go on this journey and it's like songbird is just like this little symbol of a bird and like you know uh, moonstone is just a symbol of a little like stone and you know and they, they go on like this really weird like vision quest and like uh, eventually like and the ghost is just is just himself basically but he looks like a crude drawing of himself but uh i don't know it was really cool looking but they they just see a giant picture of juggernaut with a snake coiled around him like all like stone carving and stuff and it was really neat but of course they fail though i don't know why i'm just assuming juggernaut's mind would just be like repeating images of dazzler's pretty if i had a bazooka i could kill all the x-men (laughs) 
<laughs> That's what they should. Instead of a hammer, he should have gotten like an enchanted bazooka. <laughs> yeah, see, then then we'd all be like, dude, just like the arcade game. <laughs> I want to fuck Dazzler. Does anybody remember that? Remember when like Juggernaut was like all fucking horny for Dazzler? That was in the um, the one of those Excalibur books or whatever. Well, no, actually, it actually had basis in a Claremont uh, issue. It was like a long time ago. It was. I think uh, he wrote those Excalibur issues. But... No, yeah, he did. But I'm saying, like, he brought it back. It was like uh, it was like the, the the Claremont Uncanny X Men. It was like uh, Rogue was beating the shit out of them. Psylocke. It was like the the new X Men had come back. Uh, the new X Men had joined. It was Dazzler, Rogue, Longshot, and Psylocke. Back before she was a ninja, and she just wore like lingerie for some reason, and <laughs> and they found him in Edinburgh, and they were trying to fight him. And the funny thing was, is like he was fucking like wife beating rogue, like you fucking skunk haired bitch, I hate you and stuff. And then like Dazzler would come up and be like, I want to plasma bomb you, and he'd be like, Oh, I don't want to hurt Dazzler, she's pretty. <laughs> It was like, but no, I kind of missed that. I kind of miss like you know, you know, Marco's softer side. <laughs> um, have any of you guys been reading that little epilogue series? It's called Fear Itself, The Fearless. Like it, it's actually pretty decent. Um, it's basically the first, like first couple pages of Fear Itself killed me. So yeah, you have to explain that one to me. Uh, it's basically Sin trying to reclaim the hammers, and Valkyrie is trying to collect them. Like she has to go against you know. Uh, Steve and the Secret Avengers to recollect all these hammers and destroy them. But then Sin and Crossbones are also collecting them. So it's they're, why, it's basically why, why does she have to go? Like Steve doesn't want the hammers to be destroyed. I don't get it. He, I guess he doesn't want them to go back to Odin for some reason. He's like, uh, no, you can't do that. those are errors now. And she's like, oh, okay. That. But it, it's actually pretty good, and it goes a little bit into like Valkyries, like. Heyday, like it shows her as a Valkyrie during World War Two, and then like way in the past, like before you know she became the Valkyrie when she was just a, a maiden. Like some of that's pretty interesting. So that's that's probably like one of the better things to come out of this crossover, I guess. You think she's going to join the new Defenders? Like she was, she used to be a Defender. So um, I don't know if she she's currently. I actually on- brought us. A, I brought, actually brought us a rare, obscure comic knowledge. People were like, oh. <laughs> She's currently on the Secret um, Avengers, but I don't know if she's going to remain once Remainder takes over. But... I, I think she. I did see her on a cover. Yeah, right. with the new, with the new team with the stupid glasses wearing Hawkeye now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yo, I'm cool because I be glaring glasses in the movies. Yeah. Yeah. Mike, he he just wants some Java. That's exactly it. Skogorsky, get me some Java. Get some coffee ready, will ya? I, I think we have spent a lot of time on Fear Itself. I will, like I said, I, I couldn't even get into the damn thing. I tried to read a couple pages of various comics. Couldn't even tell you the damn issues, because I was like, I'll read this. Fuck, no I won't. So I'm, I am not anyone to say anything in depth about it, but I will just say this. As a comic reader in the past who is trying to get back into comics with things I like, Give me something like Avengers Academy. I can get into that. Fear itself did not make me want to read comics again. That's the only thing I can say. What about you guys? Disappointment. Marvel needs to work on making their events not seem like like their actual event books 
all seem like just the outline of the event and all the real stuff happens and all like the the tie-ins and all that they need to make their events matter more or less yeah i i can i can back you up on that i i, I will echo that like i don't I don't like not even just just making the the event matter in the main mini series, but like you know what, like if you're gonna fucking kill somebody, like you know, at least keep them dead for a little while, man, like or, or something, you know. This to me, that's like it reminds me of like what I like to call the false deaths, you know. It's like it's like to me, like okay, Jean Grey was Phoenix, but she wasn't really Phoenix later on because they retconned it, but it's like. When she would, when the Phoenix died in X Men One Thirty Seven, like she stayed dead for like years and years and years and fucking I, I years. I think like a, like a good ten years. You know, and then then when they retconned it and said, oh, it wasn't really her, and she's at the cocoon at the bottom of the lake and all that other shit, then it was like Jean Grey was around. Now remember the X Men reboot and Willis Portacio? Like, there's that first issue he did at the end of it. It's like, oh no, by the goddess, my friend Jean Grey is dead. Wins. Hear my cry! You know, it storms all freaking out. The very next issue, it's like, no, 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 it's cool, she's not really dead. To me, like, that's not a death. Like, you know, and it's the same thing. It, like, basically has no meaning. It's not like anybody's gonna list on the little Overstreet price guide, you know, Jean Grey died here, Jean Grey came back next issue. They're just not gonna fucking acknowledge it, you know? And does it, it feels does it like, have, like, that uh, uh, Spider-Man other kind of vibe, where yeah. like, Spider-Man dies next year. Spider-Man's issue. totally dead and mutilated and his eyeball got popped out, but he's cool now. You know, it's like, so what did I read that for? Like, you know. Yeah. It, 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 uh, I guess the uh, literary term is it rings hollow. Yeah. Definitely, yeah, but, definitely but, hollow. What about you, Jess? I mean, you've already gone into this before, but like final thoughts for hammers for all your friends. Final thoughts on Odin's plot hole cheese. Um, main event, no, avoid, stay away. Some of the tie-ins were pretty good, you know, pretty enjoyable. But, you know, overall, no, bleh, go away, avoid. If you want to read some, if you want to not read some, if you want to see some good Thor, watch Superhero Squad. He's funny as hell on that, so there you go. Shit, or just read the stuff that uh, that, yeah. that this is pimped off of. It's like go read yeah. the, the Walt Simonson omnibuses, and go read uh, go read Secret Wars, and go read Infinity Gauntlet, where uh, the Cap Shield gets fucked up during a real fucking event instead of this candy ass fake event shit. Yeah, uh, I was about to say like Frog Thor, Ballad of Beta Ray Bill, both fucking exceptional stories compared to this shit. So. And yes, Frog Thor is better than this. At least it was amusing and had a goddamn... Hey, you know what, Tony? Pet Avengers is better than this shit. Okay? <laughs> so, I think Pet Avengers is good, so don't get mad at me. But man, you know, come on. Eesh. But yeah, yeah, that 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 is why this is called Someplace Cold, because we'll get a little bit uh, frosty towards this shit. Feel it. Yes, feel it. Feel the fear. However, on the flip side, on the Fan Holes podcast, we do try to maintain positiveness. We get a little shitty with something sometimes, so someplace cold, out of our minds. The hammers have gone away. Now we're going to talk about something awesome in our universe this week. This is basically where we just tell you some cool shit you might want to check out. Um, usually the last uh, topic or realm of conversation, and it will stay true this week. This is going to be the last thing we're going to talk about right now. 
something awesome in this universe goes to breaking up the circular rotation on my Skype. Justin, what's something awesome in your universe? Well, I, I just finished a, a good book called The Magician King by Lev Grossman, and it's the second book in his series of books. Um, I talked about the first book on the previous podcast. Um, this is the follow-up, and it basically continues with the cliffhanger ending of the first book. And uh, basically, it's it's like a combination of Harry Potter meets uh, you know Narnia with some you know Peter Pan and some of the Wizard of Oz books thrown in you know for kind of like a, an homage to some of those. Um, but it's it's not all you know rainbows and butterflies. It's like when when you actually get to this you know Narnia land, it's not it's not all kid friendly. It's like the talking line that you meet that's going to give you wisdom, it may actually try to kill you. So it's like, you know, gives you like real circumstances. You know, it's like, you know, in Harry Potter, some of the characters like maybe have a crush on each other or they want to date or something. Well, in this book, you've got like, you know, adults who have adult problems, you know, like people do bad things to each other, like people have affairs and, you know, like get hooked on drugs and get depressed and stuff. So it's it's a really like, uh, it's a book with you know fantasy, but with like I guess like real world circumstances thrown in it. It's a really good series of books. So you know if that sounds interesting to you, then I'd highly recommend it. Cool, cool. Um, again, uh, Justin is our literary uh, friend, so if he likes a book, probably pretty good. I would definitely check it out. I'm going to go kind of in a weird way because it's. A mix of for the future and something I'm kind of excited for. I've seen some adverts for this show coming out in January from Sci-Fi called Lost Girl, and it actually looks kind of cool. There's this chick who <clears throat> basically realizes she's a fae, more or less fairy folk, and a lot of the emphasis has been put on the fact that they deal with fairy tale people, fairy tale creatures. And her dealing with the fact that she is, well, basically not a human. Seems kind of cool. The production values seem really nice. I've seen some of the special effects they've shown in the commercials. I don't know if they're going to end up cheesy or not. Sci-fi is notorious for doing really good hype, but not always delivering. So I'm going to have to wait and see. However, at the same time, <clears throat> I, I'm excited for this show. I, I think it has a lot of possibilities, especially if they kind of deliver a more fantasy bent and the thing about sci-fi is while they have hyped some shows and they have kind of fallen flat i am not a big fan of sanctuary myself but warehouse 13 is pretty fucking awesome i I dig it so it's kind of hit or miss hopefully this is a hit so check out lost girl i think it's january 11th i could be wrong but yeah it's coming out next year so hey check it out so there you go for january 16th 16th? Okay, thank you, sir. I appreciate that. <clears throat> I, t- I take it you've seen the adverts, too, or did you just look it up? I'm I'm looking it up. Okay, cool, cool. But yeah, yeah, um, I just think it looks pretty interesting. Again, I could be wrong, but the commercials, if nothing else, have got me kind of interested, so that's not a bad thing at all. So that's my cool thing right now. I'm going to throw it to... Why not, Derek? What's your cool thing in your universe this week? I just started reading uh, manga. 
Um, it's called. Uh, it's a. It's an older manga that uh, came out in the seventies, uh, nineteen seventy-eight. Um, it's written by uh, Buichi uh, Terasawa, and it's called uh, Space Adventure Cobra. Um, it basically, I guess it's you know supposed to be an adventurer pirate type guy, you know, running around in outer space with you know good-looking women and stuff like that, and some of them are like androids and crazy killers and things like that but um you know i was kind of interested in it because it had a science fiction setting and uh uh you know it was recommended to me and um i i just decided to check out the uh, viz comics actually made a uh english adaptation that was actually um uh written by uh marv wolfman you know who you know was famous for like the new teen titans and you know other kind of comic book type stuff um, so I, I, I read like the first three issues of it and it's pretty entertaining. Like I'm enjoying it. I'll probably finish, you know, reading the, the, I, I think the, uh, Viz only made like 12 issues or whatever. So I don't know what I'm going to do when I, when I get through all those, I'll probably have to find something else to uh, look at, but, um, I, I enjoyed it. So, um, you know, that's, that's going to be my cool and awesome thing. Um, you know, I, I can kind of see like the influence that like Star Wars had on stuff, even though. You know, it's kind of, you know, manga or whatever, like even in the prison cells and different things like that, you know, um, you know, you could see like in one of the episodes, he kind of has to sneak into a prison. And the the main plot right now, it seems to be he, he has to deal with all these different sisters and the sisters have tattoos on their backs and the tattoos. I guess when you put all three hot sisters together, you know, it leads <laughs> to a to a, you know, a treasure map you know, to, uh, you know, a, a huge, you know, amount of, of money and gold or whatever treasure, that kind of stuff. And, um, you know, it's just, you know, he, he breaks into this one prison and the prison cells reminded me a lot of how like the death star, you know, prison looked, you know, in, uh, in star Wars and stuff like that. So I was kind of like, Oh, this is kind of interesting. And, you know, his, his, uh, his Android robot kind of looks a bit like, you know, the metropolis robot and things like that to me. Um, you know, I, I guess I look at it with more American sensibilities or whatever. I'm not sure if there's, I mean, I'm sure there's like other Japanese influence on it. Like, you know, like with Harlock and guys like that, you know, other, uh, science fiction characters that they, um, consider famous, but yeah, I enjoyed the series and, and think it's pretty cool. Um, so what about you, Mike? Uh, anything awesome this week? Uh, yeah, yesterday I saw Sherlock Downey Jr. number two. Ah, uh, (laughs) yeah. And, uh, is is that the official title? (laughs) Yes, that's exactly what it's called. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I liked it. I enjoyed it a lot. I I didn't think it was as good as the first one, but, you know, it was a solid Mm -hmm. sequel. Uh, you know, uh, they, I like they did more of I thought was cool in the first one, but they didn't use it a lot. Where like it goes into Sherlock's mind, and like he, you know, he kind of like does the things step by step with what he's gonna do, and then like it goes into real time and he does it. Mm-hmm. And they did that a lot more in this one, which I thought was kind of cool. You know, where he goes into a fight and he's like, you know, dislocate jaw, you know, uh, hit, hit 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 here and shoulder, you know, and blah blah blah, you know, hit crab future incident yeah. for massive damage. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Yeah, but so I thought that was cool. But yeah, it, it was a solid sequel. Um, uh, one thing I did notice, I was going to ask you since you mentioned it. Um, from the commercials, they didn't do a really good job of uh, foreshadowing it. Um, what do you think about Moriarty being the uh, big bad guy? 
Yeah, he was good. He was really good. Like they 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 definitely like uh sold him as like Sherlock's like arch nemesis and stuff. Um I was actually although I was a little surprised like when the movie ended cuz I thought it was going to like it, it seemed like the, it was a compared to the end of the first movie, it seemed like a very small and like more personal like confrontation where whereas the end of the first movie seemed to be like a really large like spectacle and the end of the last confrontation but uh it was it was really good like the uh, without spoiling too much you know at the end Sherlock and Moriarty are in the same room and they like they both do the thing where they like they they like see where that what they're going to do to each other and they're like I'm going to do this and that and that in their heads and then like it plays out like in real but they do completely different things so it, it was kind of cool <laughs> but like I, I, they, I guess the, they uh, just best... oh sorry it's like they they both like figure out how they can win in their heads, but then they realize that's exactly what they're expecting like the other one to do, so they like have to do it differently. So it's it's kind of cool like that, but yeah, it was it was decent. I, I guess the best question is: Is it worth the eight bucks, or should we wait till DVD? Um, I don't know. Maybe it's it's worth seeing in a theater, but maybe not for full price. You know, if you can see it at a bargain, you know. Then definitely, Batman. yeah. It's not a bad movie, but it didn't like blow me away or anything. Okay. It it lived up it lived up to the first one, but it didn't really surpass it. Cool. Hey, sometimes a solid sequel is better than shit on a stick, so yeah, that's not a bad thing. Yeah. Um. Awesome. Good stuff this week. Excellent. Excellent. Uh. <clears throat> just to let you know, of course, as always, got to pimp out the uh, fan holes. We do have an email. You can hit us up at fanholespodcast at gmail dot com. Again, as we said earlier, I know it's been a couple uh, minutes since we mentioned it, but let us know what you want us to eat. Fucking hey, we'll eat it. Hell, we're kind of crazy that way. Send us some suggestions. We'll try some food out for you. Let us know uh, what you want, and we'll tell you if it sucks. Also, topics, ideas, again, we cannot promise we'll do them. There's some topics that lend themselves to talking about, some topics we've gone over, or they're derivatives of other topics, so... Can't promise that, but at the same time, you might hear your own topic on the Fan Holes podcast, which is also kind of exciting. Um, not to go too live and probably sabotage us, to, but any new emails this week, guys? <laughs> uh, well, uh, you know, just just for, for the hell of it, uh, because we don't know who any of these people are. Um, you know, uh, on the, on the <laughs> I know this is where it's going. <laughs> well, you know, we, we, we got a like, uh, for Fanel's podcast from Auntie Cake. Um, thank you, Auntie Cake. Uh, we're glad to have people like us. Um, however, our Twitter followers have dramatically increased, um, over the last <laughs> couple weeks. Um, I just like to give you a sample of some of the fans who have been, uh, following us on Twitter. Uh, you know, for instance, uh, Drama Malik nine six one says, "Maybe we can make this a regular thing. Let's try something new." X O O X O, please follow me. <laughs> so I, I think Justin you know, got, <laughs> got a bunch of crazy uh, uh, cam women uh, running around, or cam whores, as I like to call them. Um, you know. Uh, and, uh, I guess, uh, there's a bunch of random kind of, uh, follows like that. So I guess, I guess if we want to save ourselves, uh, uh, you know, we, we could either be like, damn, dude, you got like 20 million cam whores following you. 
Or, you know, I don't know how we uh, delete uh, people like that off from following, but whatever. So it looks like we've gotten a lot of spam lately. So if you want to be the non-spam followers on Twitter, you know, just come in, follow, and be like, hey, what's up? And I'll be honest, we don't really do a lot of active stuff on Twitter. But I guarantee you, if we get some more active followers on Twitter, since Twitter is a live format and we can see what you post, you never know. We can put up on Facebook when we're recording live, and you can ask us a question real time, and we'll probably answer it. I don't have a problem with that. You guys have a problem with that? It depends not, on the question, but yeah, I have no not Well, yeah, I mean, you don't theory. Ask, yeah, don't ask us, like, you know, what, you know, jockstrap is best or something like that. But, um, you know, I don't think we'd be opposed to it as long as it, you know, it's, it's, it's a question pertaining to the topic, or if you just want to say hi. We'll say hi back to you. No problem with that. You will answer those questions so hard. <laughs> so hard. <laughs> um, as well, we do have a Facebook. Um, we have had a lot of hits on that as far as our uh, fans. Uh, again, I'm going to throw a shout out to Tom Spielman. Thank you for uh, posting on there and letting us know your thoughts. Been a very following uh, good guy on that. Also, just, you know throw us a little bit of love i i'm sure by the time this airs the amazing spider-man is out right yeah yeah it's out, it's out right now even yeah, before even before this airs it's been out baby yeah and, and more than likely this airs in uh this will be airing in february we we do try to keep up on our podcast derek might have another one out by then yeah, Can't yeah, yeah. This, but he should he probably will yeah, if, if there's other stuff, it'll probably be uh, Archie and Spider-Man and uh, some more some more Archie. So look forward to stuff like that. And just uh, even though I do know the uh, URL, I do want to like let Derek pib his own shit out. Let him know where they can find the history of comics on film, sir. Uh, if you want to watch the videos, uh, the easiest place to go to is the Blogspot. It's uh, H-O-C-O-F dot blogspot dot com. Awesome, awesome. Also, by this time you hear this, uh, we should have a lot more stuff out for our good friend Justin Grimlock on his uh, retrovirus videos. I know Derek and uh, Justin have been working really hard on those. So, uh, Justin, you want to pimp that out? That would be retrovirusmovies.blogspot.com. Awesome, awesome. And just because I have been working a little bit on this and working hard on this, from not really the fan holes, but just from me and Justin, I'm going to get him involved in this in the next coming weeks. I've, I've finally finished something I am hoping will be pretty cool. I want to get Mike in on this too, Thunderwing. I want to be starting a side project called uh, Trans Spotting. We're going to pretty much talk about Transformers, the entire G1 series, from start to finish. Every G1 episode. Is it going to come out a lot? Don't know. Is it going to be kind of interesting to like talk about good shows and bad shows? Yes. But in the meantime, again, we wish Brian was here. We wish you all the best of holiday wishes. But until then, I am Tony Chainclaw. Hey, what's up? This is Derek. Derek WC. Kali. Kali. <laughs> Mike Thunderwing. What was once briefly yours is now mine. And this is Victoria Feetsbottom. <laughs> and I may have just shot a Cairo swordsman with my gun. Until the next time, keep us in the fan holes.
Peace. M- monkey sick Kyle. <laughs> monkey sick Kyle. <laughs>